Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. want to be one of the best brewers there is. I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> well, I might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's Fairly. it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All yeah. I have to say is Hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hello, everybody. My name is Justin Crosley. I'll be your host tonight on The Session. And I'm here for a while. Don't we have next week off? Yeah. I'll be here, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, just be, hosting. I'll just be sitting here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just hanging out. That's cool. I feel like yeah. that's really uh, giving of you. I'm homeless is what it is. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're going to be living. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're going to open the bar. I'm under the desk. Yeah, Leave me alone. I'm here. I swear. Uh, welcome to the program, and uh, thanks to our sponsor, More Beer, uh, of course, the sponsor of this session and every session that we do, and uh, they want to change your malt game with Viking Malt. Hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world. Their base malts, here we go, are <laughs> malted from Nullox varietals that don't contain the enzyme... How am I supposed to know what it is? <laughs> Lipoxygenase. There you go. Which oh. leads to trans to nonal nonanol in beer. Uh, sure. Which is responsible, in layman's terms, for those stale cardboard flavors. <laughs> so terms. head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future. You expect me to read that copy from across the room when I couldn't even see it sitting where you are? It's not that. It's just that I thought you knew uh, the word already. Yeah, you. Warren oh. is like a walking like dictation machine. I expect him to remember every little stupid thing also. So right. it's, your, it's two against one, Warren. I but now just, I know not to trust you. 
missed you. I would have just mispronounced it like you said last week, and I didn't want it to sound like you. But that's what I was saying. I I was referring to you. You should take it as a compliment, assuming that not only did you know the word, but that you knew how to pronounce it. Oh, you thought I had confidence in you. I thought you'd get it right. Oh. I thought you knew more than me, essentially. But now, once again, we've proven Beardy doesn't know shit. (laughs) And it took five minutes for you to explain that you thought he knew more. I thought he just couldn't even see me pointing at him when I when <laughs> I got to the word. Yeah. Why is your elbow uh, up in the air? Yeah. I understand. Why is he stopping? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that, he probably just looked up from his right. phone because he there was dead air and he thought I died. <laughs> I finally had that heart attack uh-huh. we've been waiting right. for. Uh, you know, we still don't know your passwords to all your accounts. I know it's true. I know some of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Some of the important ones. They're not that complicated. <laughs> it's really it's fine. Go towards the light, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a great show for you today. I'm excited about this. Yes. Uh, well, we've got our good friend Sean O'Sullivan back in the studio. Correct. Um, yeah. I know I announced last week we had a different guest, but we had to uh, do some maneuvering and move things around. Uh, I believe we were supposed to have Black Frog uh, yes, Brewing Company correct. on, but yes, we, uh, we're still going to get them on. Uh, we just had to move it a little bit. Um, but tonight, we've got Sean O'Sullivan from the 21st Amendment coming back in, along with uh, Dick Cantwell, uh, who is the artist formerly known as the owner of Elysian, and is now uh, the owner of Magnolia Brewing Company uh, here in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And we haven't talked to Dick on the air since, I think, um, he's been, since he was with Elysian. I don't remember if we spoke to him ever after that. I believe not. Yeah. So I'm excited to find out uh, what's going on with Magnolia. And the two breweries... Have collaborated. Uh, I was burping and trying to. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, have collaborated on Eclectic IPA Month for the month of November. So they're going to come in and talk about that. And uh, I guess we'll find out uh, what kind of beers we can expect from them. I think they're, each brewery is going to produce six different IPAs for the month. Jeez. And I, I would assume they would be Eclectic IPAs. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, it's just wrote the book called Eclectic yeah. IPAs. All dry hopped with Cascade. It's going to be weird, but they're going to do it. Well, and I know that, uh, I, I'm sure we'll hear about this, but they were uh, digging around in Chinatown in San Francisco today for ingredients uh, uh-huh. for, for different beers they're going to do. Not for brewers? Um, not for brewers. And if there's one beer style that needs a month to celebrate it, <laughs> I think it's IPA. I think you're right. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So we're going to talk to you about all that. Yeah, IPA awareness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I assume they're going to show up eventually. But you never know. I, I would, I would hope so. Yeah. Oh, they're not in the studio now. <laughs> no. Oh, not here yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's okay. That's a sully thing. Especially if you know he's out and about. He's, he's like a squirrel. He's just well, he's everywhere. Especially if you go okay, because well, he he knows enough to know that the second segment is when we have people on. That's at six thirty. Right. So he likes mm. to you know he knows the program. Yeah, he'll he knows come how to in. push it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's He's a celebrity. It's true. Yeah. He's experienced. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about that. It should be a a fun show. Absolutely. For us here. Uh, Let me get through some announcements for you. That way you know what's happening in our world and and your world for that matter. Uh, The announcements are brought to you today by Drake's Brewing Company. You can go to drinkdrakes.com. And I suggest you click on the barn when you get there. That's the new place I was telling you about last week that they opened in Sacramento. I can't wait to go check it out myself. It's on like a... 
two-acre lot. Uh, they've got a full-service Pizza Smith restaurant, an outdoor bar, a 400-seat beer garden with fire pits, 25-plus beers on tap, wine, craft cocktails, music on three stages, uh, or you can just relax in this large open meadow with beach chairs and lawn games that they put up there. So uh, I'm excited to go see it. Go to drinkdrakes.com and check it out. Two acres is plenty of room to park the bunker. Right? You just want to relocate up to Sacramento. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> not so, a bad idea at all. Sacramento is a great place for uh, a lot of lawn stuff. You know, they have a long, long summer, and it's hot. Yeah. You get to sit outside a lot longer than normal. So. I know. Yeah. Very nice. Sounds great. All right. So a uh, few things you already know and, and maybe some that you don't. Of course, we've got some new Brewing Network shows out there. Shine Runner Craft Marketing for you professionals looking to increase your marketing game. Uh, Mark Colburn is a veteran in the industry, and uh, he does great work on that podcast. So check it out. It's right here on the Brewing Network. It's called Shine Runner Craft Marketing. Uh, we've got Entre Cervezas, which is our new Spanish-speaking podcast, uh, which is kind of like a Bruce Strong for the for the uh, Spanish speaking world, and uh, those guys are doing a great job. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but uh, Heads and Tails is a, is a great. Is oh, a great no, what are they talking about on that show? Yeah, it's um, a stripper podcast. I think Ooh. they just. I think the. I th- I'm pretty sure on the show they just they throw out a, a variety of questions that you have to make a decision on, and you yeah. flip a coin, oh. and yes. they give you the answer. Yeah, and then the if you if you don't get it, you get kicked in the nads. Yeah, mm. yes. it, it looks. Like, I haven't heard it myself, but it sounds mm. like a lot of fun i heard they don't even tell you what the result of the coin flip is they just flip the coin <laughs> in the studio sure. and then you don't know and then you move on to the next question and then they hear somebody say ow right. when they get kicked uh, and even then you still don't know that's it. i right. just i want to know which of the hosts is better looking that's all i want to know uh, i think it's an easy decision i don't even think you need to flip a coin all right well thanks warren sounds like it's going against the theme of the show though if you don't <laughs> you gotta flip a coin. Uh, heads and tails are our, our, our new ish show about distilling Hosted by JP and Beardy. Uh, so we got a lot going on here. There's even that other shitty show at the Sour Hour. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, they're doing a live thing at the uh, Rare Barrel Sour. Yeah. Or a live recording charging $50. Do you think we could get tickets Wait, to go? they are? They're charging $50. Uh, well, I didn't... It, it, the whole th- I have to be there because I run the fucking equipment. Oh, you do? Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't even know. I got, I got the same invite that like all the public got. Yeah, I got the e- that email today. <laughs> and <laughs> was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to the Rare Barrel on, what is it, November 7th? I didn't read it. I think it's November 7th. Uh, huh. um, but it actually... That's next week. I think... Oh, it's a little is. short note. for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you're not busy. Tomorrow, I mean Wednesday. It is next week, yeah. It's next week. Yeah. It's on November 7th at the Rare Barrel. Go look at their website for information, I guess. I don't really have any. Um, But I did (laughs) see that there's a a pretty good lineup of uh, sour brewers that are going to come there, and they're going to do a live sour hour from the Rare Barrel. That's true. You get like six six beers for that 50 bucks. Oh, I see. You're included. Six six ounce, five six-ounce pours or something like that. I don't know. Plus getting to hang out with all those great sour beer all-stars. Uh, I know why Jay did it that way because he—I hate doing remote broadcasts, and I, I bet he figured if he gave me too much advance notice, like if it wasn't already booked by yeah. the time I found out, yeah. I would have said no. I don't do no no remotes. Mm, okay. Uh, so he, so you know his show sucks, but he's pretty clever. It's true. <laughs> That's what I think. 
Um, all right. I did announce this last week. Just want to keep putting this in your minds. Um, our 10th annual Spring Brews Fest will be March 30th, 2019. So save the date. Uh, you can keep an eye on the Brewing Network website. There's a little placeholder there for it now. And uh, as soon as we get tickets going, uh, they'll be on sale there. There, But uh, Saturday, March 30th, 2019. I'm excited. We've made it 10 years with that silly festival that we do. Wow. Um, and now, uh, not only does the festival sell out, so you're going to want to pay attention to to get your tickets early, but uh, we sell out of brewery space even now. Huh? You know, we, right. we 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 do a. I think we've always done a pretty nice job of curating that that brewery list. And now, uh, I don't know if it's easier or harder. I, ha- hmm. I actually have to say no to the some of, of our favorite breweries because hmm. uh, we really just kind of filled out the space in the park. Um, I don't want to put more breweries or people in the park. I think we we really hit our sweet spot. It it is the right density. Yeah, you don't want to go there when you can't walk around and you know, the bathroom lines are too long. And you still want a nice experience. So yeah. uh, we're keeping it right where it's been for the last couple of years. Uh, it's just our tenth year to celebrate doing that. How many of those years were in Concord? Because wasn't it in Berkeley for a while? Eight. This will be the eighth year in Concord. Really? That many? Wow. We did one in Oakland and one in Berkeley, and then we've been in Concord ever since. Okay. Um, I forget about the Oakland one. I always think Berkeley was the first one, and then I got a gap in my timeline. Yeah. No, actually, Oakland was, in terms of uh, amount of people, was a big success. Our first year was a massive success. It was bigger than Berkeley. Oh, Berkeley, yeah. Berkeley was, it was was the only year we've had rain, knock on wood, of course. Um, And just having moved it after, you know, just one year. So that one was pretty slow, but Oakland was a big, it was a big success, but it Boy, was it a shit show. <laughs> I think there was an ambulance there yeah, late at night. Oh, yeah. Is oh, the yeah. park in Berkeley still occupied? <laughs> or could you move it back? It might be. No, I think I think their list of demands were met, and I think everyone came to a, a mutual conclusion. You think so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the police came in with pepper spray and things. Yeah. I, that was the conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I, interesting. Yeah, they never followed up with me when they told me. Oh, you just—it's I mean, a blessing in disguise that because I love having moved it to Concord. It's oh so yes. much better. Yeah, right. In fact, the way the festival has grown, we, it wouldn't even fit in that park in in Berkeley oh. anymore. Um, but yeah, I, once we moved because of the Occupy movement, it's not like they ever followed up and were like, "Hey, the Come parks on. parks open again." Uh, <laughs> but good riddance. I remember, you know, the you had to fill out a binder to do an event in Berkeley. And when I moved to Concord, I, you know, I tried to get an early start because of those things. I was like, you know, can we have your event application, please? It was a one-sided sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah. What is the date? What is your name? What are you doing? So simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we've been there ever since. If you want to sell hemp necklaces and put henna tattoos on co-eds right. on Telegraph, that's, you just do it. There's no there's no permit. You don't need to set up. You don't even pay taxes on it. You just yeah. do it. But we we had to... Uh, Which I might start doing. You had to submit a complete waste and recycling uh, disposal uh, plan in Berkeley. How huh. how uh, many exhale breaths are you planning right. on taking in this area? Yeah. Because yeah. we need to... We have carbon credits to offset <laughs> the crowd that you're going to be drawing. There were so many things. And not that I'm against, you know, a proper waste disposal and recycling, sure. but in Concord... They just know how to do that. They they provide waste receptacles 
recycling receptacles. It's almost like they dispose they of those things. Want business? I don't know, right? Like they want it to be easier for people to actually come and enjoy the, the space. Where it sounds like Berkeley just wants to make it as hard as possible, and so and they not, lost it. And, and not go. just. I, I think that's exactly right, but also. Why am I the one sorting your garbage? You I, you have a city garbage company. Yeah. Do they? I don't know. Maybe that's how there's zero waste. Yeah, city. maybe you're right. Yeah. We don't have any waste because we don't have a department. Yeah, we don't collect it as a city, so right. it's all there's a lot of litterers. People but. just bury it under their house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Composting. Well, I uh, could not be happier that we moved back to that we moved to Concord mm-hmm. for this festival. It's the perfect home for it. So yeah. Saturday, March thirtieth. Um, all right, you know the holidays are, are they're going to be upon us before you know it. A great way to support the Brewing Network is to do your Amazon shopping by clicking the Amazon link on our website. Uh, you can do that uh, both in the U.S. and the U.K. You each have a link, uh, and it's a great way to support the network. And we'd appreciate it if you do. You can also subscribe and join the BN Army for as little as two dollars a month. You're in Entered into the More Beer monthly donation giveaway, which is a chance to get a hundred bucks to spend at More Beer, and we do that every single month. So, uh, the more you donate, the the more chances you get to win every month. Um, make sure your email address is up to date in PayPal, because if you, sometimes people win and we, we don't, we can't get a hold of them. Right. So, oh, yeah. Which is great for me because then I just automatically claim that. Right, yeah. JP. So, mm. Yeah. I have $10,000 in credit. That's amazing. Yeah. That's fun. great. You yeah. could buy more beer. Yeah, almost. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, get updates and stay in touch with us over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com and send your show ideas to bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, bevo and JP uh, have been doing a nice job booking shows uh, for us, I think. People Mainly are, me. have like the guests. Yeah. <laughs> you are such a liar. Right. No, I think Justin's right. People have been liking the guests. <laughs> yeah, they have. Because yeah, I'm doing an excellent you guys, job. You guys are doing a great job. Where's tonight's original guest? <laughs> Not here. Not here. Uh, actually, that was a, a, a smart decision as well. Bevo, you're doing a great job over there. Thank you. Um, Okay, do we have a Twitter game? Yes, we do. Twitter game is brought to you today by the Wine and Hop Shop. You can go to wineandhop.com. They've been locally owned and operated for over 40 years in Madison. Um, Most of their items ship within 24 hours, and BN listeners get $8 flat rate shipping on any order under 25 pounds. Just enter BN shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart, and they'll take that discount after you check out. And for you Madison residents, Order your homebrew supplies online at wineandhop.com and pick them up at Working Draft Beer Company, located on Wilson Street, right across from Central Park. Uh, They're going to waive the shipping and give you half off your first beer if you do that. Go to wineandhop.com. All right, what's our Twitter game? Well, uh, it's uh, partially inspired by the fact that Sully will be in the studio uh, eventually tonight. Uh, But I think it's time, it's high time even, to announce our first ever Brewing Network Senior living facility. Ah, great mm. idea. I think this would okay. be good. So I'd like everybody to name this geriatric paradise and what sort of activities will be taking place within. Love it. Within its well-monitored walls. Name our senior living facility. So 
I've actually thought a lot about this even before this game. <laughs> okay. So you have hat? your uh, submission ready? Well, I just I think I've even mentioned this on the air, but I've just always thought, especially with kind of our generation, mine, Beardy, and JP's, mm-hmm. and and younger, the and then the younger generation, I feel like we're a different group. Uh, we will be a different group of seniors. Mm. Um, mm. And why are these? Why are these retirement homes such a drag, like such a boring drag? And I always thought, like, it, it should be a party, right? Um, I've even said, you know, I'm going to spend my, whatever my golden years are, 42 to 40. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Um, 38. High on heroin. Like, why not? It's all yeah. over, and just let's enjoy the time. But it doesn't have to be that extreme. I just has always thought, like, these these retirement homes, there need to be some parties going on, a little more fun. And then I'm pretty sure that recently Jimmy Buffett, did just that That's and right. is starting a chain yeah. of, of these things. Can you imagine the insurance? Right. That would be so that I mean, that's I mean, because you're right. It should be a good time. But part of it is just the management of the place. Like you can't have too much fun because then they're going to get sued. Yeah, I if guess, you fall yeah. down, it's always the uh, the fault of the management right. company of the thing. Yeah. So. How well, you gonna? Well, Granny was on off her fucking head at the function on some, uh, you know, some e. And uh, well, why didn't you stop her lawsuit? You know, okay, but instead wait, of let's just go back to the fun though. But can't you imagine a room full of seniors on e? And uh, Jesus God bless them. They'll be like, I never felt love like this before. They thought they were getting lucky, but no, it's just the skin and the fold in my skin. It's fine. Yeah. Well, the, you know, a lot of waivers. A lot of waivers, mm-hmm. and um, and it probably should be a requirement that every um, resident has a really solid life insurance plan. Oh yeah, and I so I think there's ways to cover. Well, it, no, the, the the money that would go towards paying for that crazy expensive life insurance plan is what is buying the E and the heroin and everything <laughs> else. Right, that at least should be a wing, like a party wing, a party wing, or yeah. you know, because a lot of these places are are. Kind of large, and they have some other buildings. So maybe that could be the outlier building yeah. where you know your hair can grow long and you can <laughs> smoke. You could be naked. You could be naked if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. At, at that point, I feel like there's enough skin hanging down that you're covered kind of anyway. All your bits are covered. Right. By your hangy skin. So yeah. it's all fine. Yeah. Don't you think the things that you enjoy are going to change when you get older? Like they're going to mellow out a little bit? It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I don't know. I well, don't you think don't like so. anything. What's she talking about? So I like a lot a of stuff. <laughs> so when I, when I, when I uh, get older, I'm going to love everything. So, so when you get older, you're okay. But when you get older, you're going to sit on your couch and play Destiny. Fuck, dude. Hook me up to that neural net. Baby. Even more so, right? I'll go raid with Crota. So I hear the premise of your question, Bevo. <laughs> <laughs> the premise. But I, I still think, I'm being serious right now, I still think that there's a shift in attitudes in, in the different generations. And so yeah. while, yes, maybe some things will mellow out. In general, though, you know, more video games. That's what we grew up with and played in played into our adulthood. More drugs, uh, more alcohol. You're going to be on drugs uh, anyway, more. just for your pain. But it depends. <laughs> yeah, but if those Blood aren't thinner, good enough, you know, you know. Right. Well, there's also the the uh, senior living living facilities. Uh, STDs are rampant. Right. So there <laughs> already I've, is a part of right. I have yeah. heard that. They're just not inviting you, they're, Justin. That's they, which is amazing. High <laughs> STDs and high uh, orgies. Like, they, they have, like, seniors are, they're boning. They, yeah. they have orgies and shit. Like, they get freaky. Hmm. See, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that I want to be involved in that part of it. I like the part. Even when you're a senior, 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, not unless they're shipping in 20-year-olds for the seniors. You, know? <laughs> so, I you want your retirement home to be in a college dorm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Beardy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gamma Alpha Sigma. So, yeah. I've, I've, so there's actually been documentaries and stuff about what we're talking about. And uh, there's, there's one part of this sort of documentary I saw about uh, younger dudes liking to bone down with older women. Okay. I'm waiting for the one about the reverse of that. Yeah. The older men with, you know, like like a 24-year-old. Like, I just love 89-year-old Jason. He's just really spry and, you know, like, what you know yeah. what I mean? I'm waiting oh, for that ex- documentary. It exists. Where? France? It, no, right. where 89-year-old Jason is a multimillionaire. Uh, then it totally exists. Right. The Playboy <laughs> Mansion. <laughs> yeah. Every show shot there <laughs> is that documentary. Right. <sighs> so that, it's just you have to have that added feature of being loaded. Huh. All right. Well, I like this Twitter game, and I can't wait to hear uh, what you guys come up with uh, to name our retirement home and what activities take place there. All right. Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay, good. Sure. Um, all right, let's do uh, a little feedback. We've And it is it is just a little. <laughs> yeah. uh, feed, feedback's brought to you today by the Beer Law Center. You can go to beerlawcenter.com. And our friend John over there takes care of our trademark and, and patent, and he can, he can do that for you, too. Uh, he's working hard for me right now, as a matter of fact, because uh, there's always somebody who pops up with that hop grenade. <laughs> go to beerlawcenter.com. So let's see. Rye writes in. Oh, this is about the segment that we did last week with Ting from Eagle Rock about being sued for um, allegedly keeping... Uh, allegedly discriminating against males by uh, by having a women's group, right? So okay. you can go back to last week's show and listen to it, but it uh, looks like Rye got a little worked up about it. Is this Rye who's been a guest on the show? No. Oh, okay. No, I don't think so. Um, but he says he actually names the, the people involved. He says the guy who started the lawsuit, his name is Steve Fry, a men's rights activist, um, or MRA, apparently, is the they have an acronym. There's enough of them that there's an acronym. <laughs> Thank God there's an acronym. Uh, and he says that Steve is hardly a stranger to filing discrimination cases against California businesses. And at one point, um, his group even, or maybe him, uh, filed against Donald Trump in 2011. Fry sued one of Trump's golf courses because it offered a 25% discount to ladies during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. <laughs> The settlement was huge. <laughs> this guy's got to go to hell. I mean, it was during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, for God's sake. But they broke the law. Um, so he says, Justin J.P. Tasty Bevo, doesn't anybody know of a friend of a friend of a guy down the alley whose sister's aunt's ex-boyfriend that did some time in the pen and that guy's cellmate <laughs> cousin's former co-worker can visit this piece of shit, he says? Uh in no words am I recommending physical harm on this man, but, you know, a good talking to with force. Uh, he says, this frivolous bullshit makes me sick, and I don't even own a business. Down with MRE, and may a thousand bees sting Steve Fry on the penis. Uh, brewery supporter and BN Army contributor Rye, who finishes with, that story got me worked up. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, well, me too, Rye. I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... 
Yeah, it sucks, but I'm glad his name is is out there now, and hopefully it'll do something. Yeah. So I, I contacted the, the DFEC or whatever for the follow-up, right? And I Ooh. told you I was going to do that. And so I followed up again today, and I gave him the list of questions that I would like a response to. Uh, and I threw that one in there that you had said about, like, well, if there was actual violation of the law, why is it pay him or we will take notice? If there's somebody violating the law, aren't you obligated or interested yeah. In seeing if anybody was actually discriminated against. Uh-huh. So we'll see what they say. I uh, would love to hear follow-up. I'm not going to hold my breath about it. <laughs> no, neither am I. There was a good report uh, from a L.A. TV station that I, I read today. Um, they did video and, and wrote up this article about it. They also reached out to Steve Fry and his organization for comment, who, of course, didn't. Um, but Ting down there at Eagle Rock is continuing to see an outpouring of support for her cause. Uh, which is they actually listed numbers in this article. So the settlement, according to the article I read today, uh, was fifteen hundred dollars. Oh Jesus! They negotiated that down from eight thousand dollars <laughs> with Steve <laughs> Fry. Uh, so you might say, "Oh, well, what's the big deal? Why does Ting need to raise money?" Well, because apparently she had lawyered up for a year, mm-hmm. almost a year, you know, up until deciding. Well, now we just have to settle this. So they're actually we're still a ton of legal fees just to decide if they're going to go to court or not. Right. And then, of course, if you remember from the conversation, they decided not to go to court because that would be another uh, up to $100,000 in legal fees just to go to court, and and which they might have won, but they could have lost their business in the process. Exactly. Um, Well, and so her GoFundMe page, they upped the goal to twenty five grand. they are sitting at eighteen. Love it. Right now. Okay. Um, and what she's saying is, you know, now it's, it's. Uh, I think this GoFundMe is mainly to see about changing the law, or not changing yes. the law so much as redefining it. Yep. And that's what, she spoke to us about that, and, and from what I read in the article I was reading today, also that, that some of that fund will go to help with the legal fees that they incurred, ah, right, right, and, right. and anything else is is going to go to trying to change the, the loopholes, the apparent loopholes in this law for all small business. So you can go to GoFundMe.com, and I believe you search... Um, Woman's Beer Forum. Woman's Beer Forum. Yeah, or Eagle Rock, or... There you go. And contribute, especially if you're a small business owner or if you just hate dicks right um not men's not the men's body part oh no no oh, because okay. that would be sexist to us that, that would yeah don't sue me for uh, encouraging people to hate men's body parts correct uh i just mean the it doesn't matter what gender you are you're a dick right that that part all right, John, thanks for... I'm glad a lawyer uh, sponsors our feedback segment, <laughs> right. to be honest with you, because uh, yeah. I get myself into trouble sometimes. Uh, all right, well, we're going to take a break, and I told you we got we got a great show coming up. Uh, we've got uh, Sean O'Sullivan, who I did just... I saw his head float by. Yes. Um, and And, yeah, <laughs> couldn't miss it. And Dick Cantwell uh, from Magnolia, they're going to be on the program. Before we go to break, another great brewery that you should check out is Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company. They've been brewing award-winning beers in Croydon, Pennsylvania since 2012. Proud winners of four Philly Beer Scene Magazine Awards for Brewer of the Year and three for Brewery of the Year. Two-time GABF Vienna-style lager medal winner uh, and also uh, bronze for their smoked lager in 2016 and 2017. Uh, Big-ass tap room with 24 beers on tap, 18 of which are rotating and seasonable beers. 
beers. Uh, seasonable. Jesus, Justin, wake up. A uh, variety of beer styles from hoppy double IPAs to sessionable and poundable lagers, even oak-fermented saisons and sour beers. If you can't make it to Croydon, hit up their second location in Jenkintown called the Borough Brewhouse, which features a full menu, 22 beers on tap, and guest taps. So check it out at NishemineCreekBrewing.com. All right, so a little break and get some beer in our glass. I'm always excited when Sully's in the studio. Yeah, me too. Is he bringing beer? Do they got beer? I hope so. I told him to. I hope so, too. We'll find out. When we come back, 21st Amendment Brewery and Magnolia Brewing Company. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewing Network. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today you're tuned into the session because life's too short to listen to crappy radio All right. Well, 
Welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for sticking with us. This segment is brought to you by craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American craft beer. You can go to craftbeer.com today for beer news and events, tasting tools, pairing suggestions, and much more. Check them out at craftbeer.com. And as promised, our good friend Sully's back in the studio with his good friend and my good friend, Dick Cantwell. Welcome, guys. Hey. It's nice to see you both. Look at you together. I, you have us cozy here for the camera shot. It's kind of... I know. Uh, Bebo, did I get him on the camera okay? No. Do I need to move it? Do Closer. they need to put their heads together? <laughs> That's probably as good as it's going to get. Hi, everybody. We're together. Imagine oh, yeah. You, you, you did that. She said, yes, that's yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Sully's going to sit leaned over in the dick Sully all night long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why should tonight They're be also good friends. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm happy to have you both in the studio. Um, we've got some things to talk about. Uh, you've teamed up for Eclectic IPA Month. Yes. Which we're going to get into, but just quickly, you November used to be a different month for you. Yeah, we've changed the month. Okay. Uh, it used to be Belgian Beer Month, um, and we that ran its course, and we thought that we'd kind of mix it up a little bit. And so Dick, uh, coincidentally, had written a book called Eclectic IPAs, oh, Brewing yeah. Eclectic IPAs, and yeah. so we thought... What a wonderful theme. And (laughs) so we got our heads together and decided we would take that on. Okay. We actually did do the Belgian thing last year together because that was about the time that we took over Magnolia. Um, and I I don't know. I have right, to admit, we did do that. it might have been that fennel double that I brewed that <laughs> sort of set that fennel fennel concept off. Fennel face. Fennel face. And that's sent that thing. whole concept on its way. But no, it's been fun doing these new beers. Okay. So we're going to get into that uh, and make sure we know uh, what to expect from Eclectic IPA Month. Um, but, Sully, i got to spend a little time talking to Dick Cantwell. I mean, you can do whatever the heck you want. I mean, you're in here all the time, for God's sake. <laughs> I think it's my second time in yeah. three or four years. Is that, yeah, it's really and it's the first time it. I've taken Bart here. Oh, really? Yeah, that was interesting. That a boy. Yeah, I th- you know, first time I came out here was for a homebrew competition that I was judging at EJ Fair. Can I say EJ Fair? Sure. You guys competition? No, it's okay. fine. All right. Yeah. Settle down. Uh, and Roger told me we were driving out. He says, are we, are, are we going to Nevada right now? <laughs> So. Always, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. always thinks that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised to hear you t- it took part. Now, when you say it was interesting, it, because of the people or uh, just because it was Because I, I didn't know what stop to get off. There's two Concord stops. There's this one, and then yeah. there's one in Martine. It's very confusing. Concord's a big place. Yeah, it's a big town. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We have a, it's like downtown Concord it's, and Concord. It's, it's, it's Concord and North Concord. Right. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. There's Concord. no South Concord. Concord adjacent. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Concord squared. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, good. I'm glad you were. I'm, I'm here, though. And you were so. safe. And, and Dick uh, took Bart, too. I did. Uh, excellent. Did you Steve. check for needles before you sat down? Yeah. Smart thing to was do. Was I supposed to get those? <laughs> well, no, you <laughs> might catch something if you them. sit down without checking. Uh, that didn't happen to me, unfortunately. <laughs> it's like a spy. Like, did you get the package I left for you under the. <laughs> it was right there. <laughs> But I don't think we've spoken to Dick Cantwell on the air since uh, you were with Elysian Brewing Company years ago now. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you, you've since uh, moved to the Bay Area and took over Magnolia Brewing Company. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, I've taken it over in partnership with New Belgium primarily. Okay. Uh, the whole uh, beer still involvement is still sort of up in the air. But at the very least, we'll be doing some beer stuff together. Um, like but yeah, we we took it over oh almost a week ago, a year ago. So it's been a year since since then. 
Okay. And is this something that just kind of popped on your radar, or were you looking for another brewery project? Well, actually, Garrett at Outbeersel and I had been looking around the area for a while and working on a business plan to do a lambic, you know, a lambic style blendery in okay. the area. The San Francisco uh, area? Yeah, Bay Area. Okay. We weren't exactly sure where, where we wanted it to be. We thought maybe it would be in the hinterlands, but the more we thought about it, the more we decided it needed to be in a city, okay. you know, either San Francisco or Oakland. And Kim and I have had a place here since 2012, which that's, we had gradually been sort of relocating to. That's Kim Jordan from yeah, New Belgium. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so um, gradually, Garrett and I sort of realized we needed an urban setting, and right around the time it was it was about when we needed to get serious, uh, we found out that Magnolia was available. Okay. That was in bankruptcy and, and was for sale. Okay, got it. So, yeah, and for our listeners, I think we've talked about this a little bit. Magnolia uh, underwent an expansion from their original, uh, you know, small brewery location in the Haight, uh, opened a brewery in the Dog Patch, uh, and then uh, ran into some financial troubles. And it sounds like that's right around where you guys came in. Yeah, well, I mean, they ran into financial troubles mainly because it just took so long to get open. I you know, see. What with permits and delays and sort of indecision and, you know, like... Uh, I think maybe too rarefied a view of what the place needed to look like. I mean, okay. you got to get open. You got to be making money. Yeah. And you know, all due respect for the great job they did with designing it and building it and all that stuff. But I think it just took too long. Okay. And so by the time they got open, they were kind of behind the eight ball, and I'm unfortunately not able to sort of make it out from behind there. Okay. And it's in a at least relatively new area of San Francisco, the it's Dog Patch. Coming, you know, different. Okay. Every day. Okay. Cool. That yeah. neighborhood is changing drastically, and it's really cool to watch. I like that neighborhood. And it's cool to be part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like our the building we're in is the old American Can Company, which is now the Indo- American Industrial Center. A million square feet, about 300 tenants, each of which makes what they sell. Wow. You know, so no chains, nothing like that. And it's, it's great to be part of that sort of culture. That's very cool. And then there are new residential buildings going up. There's the Pier 70 thing happening over the next four or five years. The Warriors, obviously, are coming to town. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Next the, year. So that's the Sully model. You build, you get a brewery where <laughs> before a stadium opens. Uh, I've written yeah. books about it. I speak about it across the country. People understand the model, the Sully yeah. model. I see right. what happened yeah, here. Well, I'm, I, too, am familiar with having a bar across the street from a big stadium. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. So, that's how we yeah. became friends. We went to that meeting to build a bar across the stadium. No, it was our old stylistic foraging, the old watermelon and pumpkin day. Uh, you renamed the Catwell model the Sully model, and that's how you guys met? Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I had to give him a, t- a call about that. <laughs> they won't go into that right now. So when you took over Magnolia, um, uh, we here on the Brewing Network and our listeners know that brewery as a real uh, English-style ale brewery. Right. Um, do, do you, did you continue that tradition or exclusively? or You know, at first, I didn't want to change too much. Okay. There were some things that I wanted to do to the beers. I wanted to fiddle around with them a little bit. The first thing I did was change the yeast because I wanted to change the yeast character. Okay. Um, and worked on some of the recipes, changed the proving ground in stages pretty drastically, the flagship IPA. Yeah. The Kolsch I didn't lay a finger on. Good I think beer. That's really, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. And the English stuff, I kind of, after a few months, I decided to sort of rotate a couple of those in at a time. But really, I wanted to do new stuff. Okay. You know, I mean, that's, at Elysian, we always had new beers every week. You know, we had four brewing locations, so we were always doing new stuff. 
and with the two, for me, it was great. It was like turning back the clock to when Elysian was a lot less complicated. I see. You know, when we had one reasonably sized pub brewery and a smaller one for variety. Okay. And so that we, that's what we've got. We've got the seven barrel brewery at the pub for variety and the 30 barrel brewery in Dogpatch for sort of workhorse beers. Got it. So does the pub beer show up at Dogpatch, too? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so that you could do that variety. Yeah, and gradually, you know, we're, we're embarking on sort of a, what we call the fresh van thing with our distributor in the bay in San Francisco, Montegrano, where they can pick up fresh beer every week and deliver it pretty directly to places so we can, we can get a lot of the pub stuff out there without having to go through all sorts of rigmarole in the warehouse and all that. Okay. And you mentioned Oud Biersel a couple times. Where, where does that play? That's a partner of yours? Well, right now, Garrett is not officially a partner. Okay. But, you know, he's he was certainly part of the planning for this whole project. And, you know, we've been emailing throughout this whole thing. He's got, totally got his hands full. He's taken over a building next to his blendery. He's going to be putting in a brew house. He's got a lot going on. Okay. And we've got a lot going on. And we've kind of put the official stuff on hold, but within the next couple of months, I'm going to have a bunch of fooders and a cool ship arriving Nice uh, that we'll put in. And down the road, we will be working together, I'm sure, great. bringing some of his beer over to do blends. Okay. That sounds awesome. That would be great. Now, we'll I, see. I don't, I, know, I don't know how to do that yet. Well, <laughs> he does, clearly. <laughs> yeah. so, and sounds, so do my friends in New Belgium. There you go. Absolutely right. Uh, now... So I don't know exactly, uh, you know, what happened after your, your your former life, your your previous brewery, but I, but I feel like you probably could have retired and gone and just lived on a yacht somewhere or a beach, <laughs> or yacht but, or both, so, a beach on a yacht, a beach on a yacht. Uh, that's what I would do because I <laughs> can't figure out how to drive I, the thing. Where does this go? I think you see what I'm getting at. Why get back into the beer business? Well, that's why, because it's it's that new project that I haven't done before. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I didn't work in a brewery for a couple of years. I, I finished the wood book that I was working on with Peter Buchart. Yeah. And toward the end of that time, I started the eclectic IPA book, and I traveled a lot, and I worked for the BA. You know, I was the quality ambassador for a year and a half for the BA. Did a lot of I helped Charlie Papazian working on his interview project. Oh yeah, um, all that kind of stuff. So I had plenty to do, but during that time, I was talking to Garrett about that other project, okay. and that that was just so enticing that I felt it, like it was something that would be worth sort of coming out of mothballs to right. pursue. Because I remember reading things about you just talking about, uh, and I think everybody has to think about this, exit strategies at yeah. some point and the different methods you can do that. And then starting a new project, now you, at some point you're going to rethink exit strategies again. I don't know. Well, yeah. And, you know, Kim, you know, at the time, you know, to her credit, she said, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> no, it went yeah. like this. Yeah. It went like this. Honey, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you want to go to work every day? Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. And, and I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there have been a few times when I said, yeah, I remember when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing and, it up. And she said, yeah, and, I told but, you so. But at the same time, I've, I've, really, I've really enjoyed Going going to work every day. You know, my typical okay. day when there's not crazy stuff like reopening a restaurant going on. Sure, uh, is I walk up the hill because our house is only like seven blocks from the pub. Mm. I walk up the wow. hill, spend most of the morning there, hanging out with uh, the brewers there, and just doing other work. 
And then I could usually go home for lunch, and then I ride my bike over to Dogpatch. Nice. So it's like a 20-minute bike ride, and then I spend as much of the afternoon over there as makes sense, and that's that. And it sounds like it reminds you of the early days in Seattle when you probably did the same thing, walked to the brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. I lived about the same distance from the Capitol Hill Pub. Yeah. And then I spent much of my day driving around because with five locations, okay. a lot of touching base. So so it just I'm, got complicated. I'm glad to have it <clears throat> a little bit less complicated. But to still have that pattern of always being able to do new stuff, let my guys do things of their own, weigh in on this and that, come up with new new ideas, and just do whatever we feel like. Got it. And what about distribution of the beer? Uh, I was always a Magnolia fan, but uh, we found it hard to get beer even out here in Concord at the Hop Grenade uh, because they just they weren't doing too much of that. What about you? Well, we've spent much of the last year building a distribution network, and okay. we're, we're pretty much just in the Bay Area. That's okay. really our intent. I mean, we still technically have an L.A. distributor, and we send a little bit of beer down there, but we don't send any beer up to Oregon. For one thing, we're not allowed to send beer up to Oregon because of my Northwest ah. of the non-compete. Okay, interesting. Well, you yeah. cannot do that, Dick, until after three or four years. Right. right. Actually, five years. Was, was it the whole Northeast or, or a state? It was Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. Okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, they wanted three years everywhere. Okay. And so I traded him five years in those three states, knowing that we were already kind of relocating down here. Yeah. And in exchange for one year everywhere else. Got it. If I'd done the three, I wouldn't have been able to do Magnolia because we took it over before the three years were up. I see. Wow. That kind of agreement. That kind of agreement would make me feel like a badass. Oh, for sure. Right? Like, uh, (laughs) you cannot, you know, we're going to let you go. Go ahead and do your thing, Mr. Opinions over there. Right. But you can't compete with us because we're threatened by that. That's how I would take it internally. I'd be like, you're damn right you're threatened by it. Right. That's how I would feel. Guy. (laughs) That's pretty much what I've been saying for the last three years, but more quietly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That was Dick's outside voice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. And then to renegotiate. To to uh, you know decrease the size of where you can't compete for, yeah. and really Smart throw in, throw in a state that no one cares about. Who cares about <laughs> Idaho? <laughs> yeah. No, I will be in you Moscow. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. Oh, whatever, but uh, you know, yeah. Hayden Lake calls. Right. <laughs> when Sully gets bought out, he's he told me his plan is to open in Siberia. That'll be his <laughs> next. Um, Very smart. And that'll be written in the contract. <laughs> yeah, I, I can do that. Leave me Siberia. <laughs> That's where I want to go. Well, the only way. That, that's how we got the funds to open in San Leandro, is the Russians. Yeah, of course. That's the contract. So everybody gets funded nowadays. Right. Yeah. yeah, Isn't that right? Yeah. <laughs> so I've heard. Comrade. Sully's colluding right now, I can tell. <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited that you have Magnolia. Uh, and the I am too, honestly. I, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I'm good friends with Dave McLean. And, you know, it could have, I mean, it, you know, and Dick and I are very close friends. And, you know, to have like, you know, a friend take over. I mean, you know, it was going to, something was going to happen. You know, it was going to go somewhere. It was going to go somewhere. And so to have Dick and, and Kim and, and, uh, you know, their, their team to kind of, to take over the place, uh, it was, it was actually great because it could have gone to a PE firm. It could have, you know, it could have been just closed. It, it could have closed. Yeah. Anything could have happened. So it's like, you know, Magnolia is, Alive and it's it's going to be successful. They got great people behind it, and yeah. you know I get, to, I get to see Dick more often. Right. <laughs> so right. selfishly, it's uh, it's more fun for me, and that's what it's all about. But Sean has still never had me to his house. Oh my <laughs> you can't take that personally. This yeah, has yeah. been going on for years, Dick. Get used uh, to it. Yeah, yeah, I think he finally invited JP one time years ago. You've been no, there, JP. It's I randomly found it. I was. Yeah, uh, I was. I was. I was doing news street walking. Yeah, and I finally. 
finally, I was like, hey, I think that's Sully. Right. And then he, I had to I'm go weird about close. that. I know yeah. I'm weird about that. You are. And Dick, you will come over because you've, you've basically had an ultimatum with me today. Yeah, right. You said, like, we're not going to do that until you do this. Yeah. Sully, how is that possible? You guys are good friends. Yeah. And you've been to his home. Yeah, many times. The one in Seattle, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how is this possible, Sully? I, it's just I'm weird about my house. It's like I have kind of like... It, I, you know, it's like I think you know, there's going to be some judging going on. It's like, you know, he's got what's that? What's that yeah. thing there? What's really? Did you see that thing? Right. Like, it's his sanctuary. You know, wow, that hot tub doesn't have, even levitate. Eh, it doesn't even like you know. Yeah. Really? That's that wall is up. That, that you know, is he going to paint that thing? <laughs> that's where you keep the mixer. It's so ridiculous. His kitchen floor doesn't hide a pool underneath. In therapy. I know. <laughs> I mean, and and let me get what you need to work on, Sully, is that you're you're. <laughs> can tell who else is yeah. going to therapy right, right now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. On. Your what friends, I'm hearing, Sean. Your friends love you. They're not going to judge you in this way. We love I you. I know that. I know that. And, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and Dick and Kim have been great, good friends, and all. It's like my aunt and uncle, actually. So I should invite my aunt and uncle to my house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sean and I were at the same class show at the Hollywood Palladium in 1979. A long really? time ago. He yes. was 16 and I was 22. Wow. And naturally, we didn't know each other at the time. We realized this later. <laughs> later on. Yeah. Sean bought hair. Heroin off me. And, uh, <laughs> no, but I got to tell you, that show was high as a kite, and did, I don't even yeah, think I went. I don't think I made Mick it inside. Jones over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he didn't actually see the show. I yeah. uh, just went to it. He had a ticket. Yeah. Dick, you'll come to my house. Don't worry. Dick's <laughs> next book is designing Sully's <laughs> house. <laughs> what Can, not to do in Brewer fashion? I want to send eclectic a, households of Berkeley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to send a video crew for the day Dick finally no, gets to visit. We're not doing that. Not happening. Uh, and just see how it goes. Hey guys, I can't make it. I'm in a train, driving through a tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shaw, I think you're happy that uh, Dick took over Magnolia because you were tired of him calling you every day when he wasn't when he didn't have a brewery, being like, "What are you doing today? You're brewing, aren't you? You having fun brewing today, Sully?" No, actually, a funny story though. Like, I was I do this trip every year, uh, the Tuolumne River. It's a rafting trip, and uh, you have no cell service when you're down there. Okay. And and AB ran this this ad against nobody brings. I don't know if you remember this. It was like during uh, it was a tweet or something like that. It was like during Fourth of July weekend or something like that. And it was like nobody nobody cheers for the guy that brings watermelon beer wheat to the to the party. And it was like Oh, I oh, forgot that's right. about that. So I come out yeah. of I come out of the Tuolumne, you know, canyon area when my cell phone is activated or something. It's like you know, it's like blowing up because everybody's like, Can you fucking believe what they said to you? It's like and then I the only thing the only No, wait a minute, let me get this straight. A B ran an attack ad against you. I'm gonna bring you in a second here, just settle that. And so and so and it was and Dick sent me this text message. How does it feel to be in the in the gun sites, my friend, and it was yeah. it stemmed from his you know nobody cheers for the, the Super Bowl ad. yeah the pumpkin oh, right. beer yeah. a week after we were acquired oh that's right <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that too. I remember the ad but I forgot about the timing of it and yeah. the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl too yeah and you were in a house with a bunch of friends I was with the whole brewing crew from Elysian and all our marketing people and everything we Kumbaya. watched that it was like right uh, this was awkward what a dick move okay but again. I think so, it would kind of make me feel like a badass. Like, same with you, Sully. I would have come out going, ah, watermelon wheat's on me, the radar? I freaking loved it. No, it was yes. like, it's like being on the Nixon, Nixon enemy list. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody got behind us and got on board, and then we did a video shoot, like, of the of our marketing person at the time, like, walking in with, like, a, you know, a 12-pack of watermelon wheat, and everybody's cheering for, the, you know, yes. this person coming in here. It was just, that was great. Of course. I think that but is great. But I did get that note from him saying, yeah. so we have that in common. 
right you amongst do. other things you've both been in the uh, under the radar yeah yeah that's exciting so all right <laughs> still a restaurant at the dog patch location oh, yes, as well yes. the restaurant yeah? was completely reconceived okay we decided bar- barbecue was too limiting you know, the only heat source in there was a wood fire. I see. Oil, water, you had to put it on the wood fire. No kidding. So we've got a more <laughs> conventional kitchen, a broader menu. Okay. Uh, we hired a great chef, a guy named Lawrence Gordon, who was working at McKellar Bar, he used to work at Thirsty Bear. He's oh, yeah. And uh, Belga. So he's been around. He's terrific. Still barbecue at all? No. Okay, so no. completely changed yeah, that part of it. Completely changed it. Did you rip out the wood fire oven? Yes. You did? sold all that stuff. We okay. put it in a new kitchen completely. Got it. Uh, we we went to table service because I think before it was a little forbidding, a little confusing. You walk in, it's like, oh, what do I do? I was confused, yeah. And now you sit down. <laughs> and lazy. And now usual. somebody says, hey, welcome to Magnolia Dog Patch. And you're like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> I hate the 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 walk up to the the bar of any kind and order your food. The, I went to a tap house in Santa Cruz that has this model, and I even hate it in uh, in, in a place like. Well, now if it's just a bar with only a bar and like some some bar stools, obviously this makes sense. But if you're going to provide a seating area with tables, so that every time you want another beer, you have to go back and stand in the line that's at the counter for a beer. What a ridiculous waste of my time. It not sounds like your that, house. Uh, yes. Go get awful. it myself. Yeah. But not just that. Literally the amount of time waiting, I'm sure they could have sold me twice the amount of beer that I bought if I didn't have to wait in line that whole right. time. Right. You know. Yeah. So now we've got servers. We also totally redesigned the interior. We've got you know, booths and different. It just it just looks very different. Okay. You know, it, it, the old Magnolia was great. Honestly, you know, I'm obviously good yeah. friends with Dave. It had a great look. It had a great look. But, I mean, what they've done to it, it's 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 just it's it's amazing honestly it's like you know the the, the back loading dock area now you can go outside there's like a, a little like uh, area where you can sit down um it's i, I think it's great yeah, yeah i gotta go back and check it out i did love yeah. it too when i when dave owned it, i went there just once but i i did love the what he had done with the place yeah 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 it was cool i i think it needed a little bit of a refresh okay and so sean mentioned that loading dock area we poured a slab so that it's flat it's the same level mm. as the dining room and we have bleachers back there and big tables we put in a big tv nice you know because the warriors are going to be right nearby if you don't do that you're saying you don't want that business yeah no you've been around too long to make that mistake you got to put a tv in there yeah so we're very happy with it and the next phase is taking over the room next door which is where the fooders and the cool ship and event space is going to be excellent event space too i like it oh yeah it's big it's five thousand square feet we'll put in a new bar put in all that other stuff and we'll have, i mean brewing network anniversary party crazy right? oh. that's a lot of seating all i was thinking though is he beating you to the punch for your 2-1-a amphitheater that you you were going to put in your space too how do you even remember that i remember everything you ever say to me sully <laughs> well sean was just in at rhyme guys yes you know, like last week or something last week honestly rhyme guys was a bit of an inspiration because okay they have so much space there yeah and that name neighborhood is definitely coming to meet them and i feel like that's what's going to happen in the dog patch i like it well said i I think you're right i think uh you know anytime you take a space like that and you make it accessible and you want people to come and you know enjoy it and especially with that new space on the five thousand square feet i mean you've got great opportunity Yeah. yeah it should be fun i like it so now you did mention Kim Jordan, you know, at least questioned you like, are, are you sure you want to do this? And <laughs> and where is she with the whole oh thing boy. now? Because she she also might be looking to to not have to brew beer every day. Well, she's no longer CEO at New Belgium. Oh, she's not. No. I okay. mean, you know, they had a, a three about three years ago, a, a woman who had been groomed for the position, took it over. I remember and, that and was only in it for a 
a scant year. But I thought Kim, last I saw Kim, she had she had gone back. She went back okay. for about a year, but now they've had a new CEO in place for about a year. Okay. Uh, his name's Steve Hetchheimer. He came from Beam Suntory. He's terrific. Okay. Uh, really smart guy. I really like him. And he's doing a good job. Got so it. Kim is still very pretty active, but she's not day-to-day active. I see. She's lots and lots of meetings active, and in Fort Collins, probably two or three times a month active, but she's not there all the time. Got it. So now when you're busy with this new project, she just goes and actually enjoys her life. Well, she's busy, she's busy with it, too. I've kind of, I've kind of pulled her into it. Oh, you have. Uh, you know, she, she was absolutely invaluable in negotiating with distributors because she's really good at that. Okay. And also, you know, she has a lot of experience and expertise and opinions about how things should look, how the she business really should does. run. So yeah. Every week she's part of our management meeting, and she's, she's frequently there. And during this whole run-up to reopening the dog patch, she was very active in that. Too. Okay. So, I actually couldn't think of a better partner to have involved than Kim Jordan. I yeah, mean, no, yeah. she's she's terrific. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you know, it, it, I won't say the whole thing has been without a little bit of disagreement about certain things, but, you know, that's because we both, you know, have ideas about what how things should be. Sure. So that's interesting because you guys had been dating for a while but never been in business together. Right. And well, so that's actually, a whole that's new... not entirely true. Okay. You know, because we, we brewed Elysian beer in Fort Collins. That's, that's sort of... Honestly, we started that Elysian New Belgium relationship before Kim and I got together. I see. So we had produced beer there. We had sort of had our feet in the same kind of water, but 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 uh, not actually embarking on a business. Okay, because it's a whole new dynamic that you guys have now. What's kind of interesting, though, was that way back then, you know, Kim has always had this idea of. Uh, doing a co- cooperative, collaborative sort of brewing groups, you know, groups of breweries getting together and helping each other with their resources. Yeah. And that was, you know, why she called me up and asked if Elysian would be interested in doing some co- cooperative stuff with them because we were looking for more production and they were looking for a more presence in Seattle. Okay. So um, so we got going with that. And then we uh, – then we, um, we actually started talking to a couple of other breweries about, you know, would this work with them too – and one of them was Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. And nothing ever came of it. Hmm. But here we are. <laughs> New Belgium and Magnolia are, are doing this. And now Brooklyn has their little group, too. So let me get this. Part of, <laughs> like, oh. Little group. Little group. Right, yeah. <laughs> let, me make, let, me, let me make a tally here. There's some trouble discovered. in his friendship. First, mm-hmm. there was the uh, used to be the Dick Cantwell model. Correct. Turned Sully model (laughs) of opening near a stadium. Then there was the, oh, I bet Brooklyn would be a great partner. Sully's now partnered with Mm -hmm. Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything else coming up on the agenda here? Oh, don't forget, Dick has never been to Sully's house. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even sure you're friends with this man, Sean. I'm contractually supposed to be in this room with him right now. I find a document. Anyway, I I think it's great that they have the the group that they do. I think Brooklyn and, you know, Funkworks and 21st Amendment are terrific uh, combination. And recently, uh, the old New Belgium assistant brewmaster, Grady Hall, went to work at FX Matt, and he's going to be overseeing the production of all of those beers. He's used to doing all sorts of interesting and different things. As soon as I heard that, I I texted John and said, this will be great for all of you. 
Do you both think that this is is a model that we'll keep seeing expanding? I hope we do. Yeah, I think. Because, you, yeah, I think you have to because I mean, it's like uh, equipment's expensive, you know, and resources are expensive. So one of the main reasons why we did I don't want to derail this whole thing, you know, it's but okay. um, you know one of the reasons why we did our you know, partnership with Brooklyn and Funkworks is but it was really about a sales platform. I mean, you know, you're out there every day. We sell a lot of beer, and, you know, in you know out in the market and cans and 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 grocery stores and all that. So to be able to like get out there and have like a sales force on the ground that's bigger than the one we had initially. Yeah. Now we, we had 25 people. Now we have 85 people out across the country selling. And then you have, and we're going to start brewing Brooklyn's beer. We just bought a, a bottling line, okay. bought a souring vessel so they can make Bel Air sour. Um, so, and, it, and I just think it makes sense. You know, it's like why, and shipping is a huge expense right now. It's becoming more like expensive. And so if you should be, if you're able to create the same beer on the East Coast, why would you not do that? You know, right. and why would you ship beer across the country? It so, all makes sense. Yeah, it's um, it's a you know, it's a very European model in a lot of ways. You have a lot of Europeans that are they they they, they brew their beer. They might even send it somewhere and have it packaged somewhere different, you know, else. Um, and so I, I think you're going to see more of that going on. Okay. Yeah, I, I've I heard that is the Sully model actually, not the yeah. European model. <laughs> the new Sully two point But I, I just think you know, in order that we I'm don't all smart. cease to be independent breweries, we need to put together you know little clusters of cooperation like that. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, you really are kind of fighting a big, big mountain of money that, you know, you can't compete against in a lot of ways. The AB, you know, the Constellation, the Coors Miller, you know, all that stuff. It's, it, they're, they have great resources. Yeah. And so you have to really kind of like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a band of brothers in a lot of ways, or breweries. Right. So to get together and so that you can compete, you know, especially if you're a brewery that's, you know, spends a, a lot of your time like packaging beer and selling your beer that way. So I'm glad, speaking of packaging and beer and, and brewing for Brooklyn, I'm glad you mentioned that you're putting in a bottle line. I was having a conversation with someone recently asking me about the details of this of this group, uh, Funkworks 2&A Brooklyn. And I said, well, I, I know that they're working on, on a sales force together and, and distribution together. And I think that they'll uh, brew each other's beer on different coasts. And the guy asked me, well, well how could Sully do that? He, Brooklyn's in a bottle. That's iconic for them. And you're in a can. And I couldn't answer. Sir, you guys have put in a bottling line for this. We're about to. We haven't okay. installed it yet, but uh, the initial beers actually that will come out will be in cans, so we have great capacity with our uh, and so Brooklyn cans. Yeah, yeah, we'll put we'll put it in cans. Excellent. Uh, but we do have a bottling line in place that needs to be installed, and then we'll start start bottling up here. Okay. Yes, JP. Um, I'm really thirsty, and I would really like to drink some beer, and I know that people brought beer, so I think we should do some of that. What do you okay. think? I, I would be happy to do that. I just didn't. I saw empty glasses and no beer. Oh, my gosh. So I didn't know if that Sully, was... Can I oh, Sully your, has the beer? Your sack? Got it. Yeah, we, we brought four. Each of us brought two beers from our upcoming Electric oh, IPA month. All right, let's taste uh, uh, one now, and then I got. Uh, uh, while we do that, I'll, I'll, are we going to break? And then we'll go to break. Uh, well, let's get these poured and tasted. Okay, um, those are mine. Okay, but I oh, do no, have another. Yours. No, that's mine. I have another question along the same kind of uh, as, as breweries are joining forces as we're getting these beers uh, poured. So. Sully, you're turning into, or, or already are... An old are, man, yes, uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, turning, not, not done. Um, I, I, I've, I'm hearing that you know large regional breweries 
are starting to struggle a little bit as there are over 7,000 uh, breweries in the U.S. That whole hyper-local movement that we, we've we all been a part of, you, you as well with the, the brewery in San Francisco, uh, certainly with the breweries up in Washington, um, that, that some of these small breweries are making it e- even more difficult to become kind of a larger regional brewery, and I, I just wonder what you think about that. How no, it, I, I don't, I don't think um, it's it, it, look, it's a business. I mean, so it's always going to be challenging. You're always going to have your, you know, your, your your things that you're up against. You know, I, I I think it's wonderful that you know there's local beer available in that way. I also think that it's wonderful that there's good craft beer that you can get like you know across the country, yeah. you know, in a grocery store or something like that. A lot of these like small little breweries that. That, you know, only do sales over, um, you know, their tap, you know, tap room, um, you know, don't distribute in that manner. And yeah. I think there is room for everybody. I think that, you know, it's a it's a model that has, has existed for a long time, honestly, where you can go go and buy your beer at a local brewery. Yeah. Now it's a little bit more prevalent because if you have breweries that are, you know, using the can van kind of like model where they're selling, you know, their packaged beer out of the brewery. And I think it's there's room for everybody. I think what's okay. happening is that you have to get a little bit more. On your, you know, up on your toes a little bit, and be really cognizant of what's happening in the marketplace, and okay. be more hyper aware of that. I mean, and that's certainly what we've been doing. You have to innovate. You really have to innovate on both, you know, the brewing side, uh, recipe side, re- brewing recipe side, as well as packaging, uh, packaging options, and all that. You really you need to give somebody an op, uh, you know. You need to you need to give your beer an opportunity to get out there. And yeah. You need to give the consumer options that that you that, where they want to come and drink your beer. Sure, you got to keep up with what's new. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a time when breweries, you know, what fifteen years ago, when things had gotten a little stagnant. You know, yeah. the big breweries were only making their regular stable of beers. You know, many of us were still doing sort of like the the standard eight <laughs> porter amber ale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then there was an explosion yeah. when we all had to we all had to step up. Right. I and not everybody days. did. There's examples of that. Um, you know, Pyramid has shut down a lot of locations here in the Bay Area yeah, uh, and things like that because they didn't, as you say, you know, kind of keep up with it. Sierra Nevada yeah, is a great example of keeping up yeah, with it. They, right? And also New Belgium, too. I mean, they're both, yeah. they're both those breweries yeah. have been really good at innovating. And they have, but there things. was a time when they were more dependent on their basic beers. You're right. And they yeah. both, you know, acquitted themselves well when they started to make interesting new beers. But there was a time when they were a little too dependent on their core. Yeah. I asked the Sierra guys about that when they were in here. And I was wondering, because uh, I felt that period of time, too. And I was wondering, you know, did you, you guys are such a great brewery and are so innovative. Were you just trying to catch up with demand for Sierra Pale Ale during that time? And that's why you didn't innovate? And they didn't actually give me a, a great answer. I wasn't sure where, the, where they came out with. Other than in the end, they were like, you know, well, we, we just want to and know we need to produce, uh, you know, a, a more eclectic amount of beer. And they're, and they're doing that, but they're also focusing also on pale ale. I mean, you're seeing pale ale like billboards when I'm, you know, driving to work every day. Yeah. And so I think that, and I think that's great, too, because in a lot of ways, I mean, there's a lot going on at craft beer right now. And for me, as an old man in this industry, you know, I keep saying that. But when I go and look at a, you know, a beer board and I, like, see a lot of stuff up there and I don't recognize it because, you know, and I, I like, and I see Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, I'm usually more apt to order that because I feel like I know what it is. Yeah. I, and it's not something that I really want to be challenged by. And also, sometimes I just want to drink a beer with my friends. Right. I don't want to sit there and talk about the terroir, the beer, and what's in it. And, you know, yeah. what kind of, where did the peanut butter come from? You know, I want to get in. I just want a drink of beer. Well, and I'm so. the same. 
name, but I bet you recognize, like I, like I do on the small scale, uh, that there that all of those things need to be addressed. Though, what is the newest thing? What is? Well, and so I just I actually refer people to my bartenders when they want to know what's new, not me. Speaking of which, would you guys like to try my Shiso IPA? Yeah. What's yes. the terroir of this beer? <laughs> yeah. what, yeah. you, what were you thinking when you blew those bell? Well, explain the beer to us as um, we give it a well, little taste Well, this is one here. of the recipes from the Brewing Eclectic IPA book. Okay. And it just seemed, you know, these days with... That you I mean, wrote? Not just these days, but, um, you know, people are becoming more and more aware of the constituent elements in hops. You know, the fruity hop varieties of, you know... The analysis of those will show that the, the 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 essential oils, the terpenes, are enormously complex, and there's there's stuff to learn about about the makeup of hops. But the thing is that those are also elements of just about every agricultural product there is. I see. You know everything that's grown, and so there are a lot of tie-ins that are suggested. I think by different terpenic makeup of lots of different things. And some of it is analytical, and some of it is just sort of a hunch. Mm-hmm. And I love shiso. Chiso you know, is what exactly? Chiso is a, it's a, I think it's technically a mint, you know, like basil is a mint, like oregano is a mint, okay. that kind of thing. And it's, but it's a, it's used in, sometimes it's, there's a shiso leaf rolled into a, into a sushi roll. Okay. It's a very bold, leafy flavor. It, yeah. It's a, it has another name, which is pedilla. Um, and, uh, it's used in mostly in Asian cooking, and I thought it would be a good thing to put it in an IPA. So yeah. this, this is an IPA with shiso that I, I put shiso juice in it. So I, I used my masticating juicer and, and juiced just an unbelievable amount of shiso leaves okay. and generated about three quarts of shiso juice and added, the, added it at three different times, one, one as it went into the conditioning tank and then later because it's also fleeting. I mean, I'm a little concerned that this beer will not taste, taste that much like shiso in another two weeks. Oh, really? That it'll kind of drop out? It does. I, it does remind me of a spring roll, like a nice, fresh spring roll, like in the, in the, the aroma. Like an edgy spring roll. Yeah, of, yeah, exactly. That sort of uh, sharp, leafy taste that yeah. it has. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I, nice. Almost spearmint, yeah. but not as oily, yeah. I guess, if that makes sense. And then I uh, com- combined it with German Northern Brewer hops because I've always really loved that sharp mm-hmm. anise character that Northern Brewer has. Yeah. I think the anise with that with that leafy, beefy, mint sort of touch, I thought, I, I mean, it was just an idea. Sure. Honestly, it worked. I'll admit, I had never brewed that beer when I put the recipe in the book. Oh, really? <laughs> this is the first time. I love beers it. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, sure. Well, well I, the book. you know, when I was doing that, Kim said, can you do that? Can you put recipes in a book that you've never brewed? I said, well, you know, it's I my know book. about how they'll turn out. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, Sean. Honey, it's my book. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you wouldn't brew it. It's probably what you did when you went to make this beer. You just took that recipe and brewed it, and it turned out great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It did turn out great. How this, old is this beer? It was just kegged today. Ooh. And this is one of the beers that will be available yes. during the month of yeah, November. Yeah, we're each releasing three of our eclectic IPAs on the 1st of November. Okay. And then every week after thereafter, releasing another one. Okay. That's oh, a great beer. That's a cool this, flavor. This is yeah. one of the yeah. first three that we'll be releasing. And so why do you think it's, it's going to drop out so quickly, just tasting it through fermentation? Well, because, because yeah, essentially, because we added... We did the, the, the first edition uh, into the conditioner right when it went into the conditioner, and after mm. about a week, it was far less strong. Mm. So I, so I had, had our chef order a whole big, hang, big, giant box of shiso, and I went home and juiced it all and came back with two quarts of it. Wow. We added one quart. We were going to hold off on adding the second one because that one tasted really good, but even that diminished 
with time. Hmm. And so this one, this this last court we added last Friday Okay. for kegging today. And I hope it holds up. I can always <laughs> add more. Well, no, I can't. To each keg? keg. Not now. The keg, no. yeah. No, never yeah. mind. I can't. But... <laughs> I, I have a hard time imagining how much this would drop out. I mean, it's a it's still a strong flavor. I'm encouraged that at three days later, it's still holding up. Okay, so it's going to be gonna, fine. Yeah. I think it'll be fine. Too. Yeah, sorry. I really but like this. I beer. just think it's interesting. And so um, on the menu, when people go, is it just going to be called Chiso IPA? She's so fine. She's so fine. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You're a good marketing guy. I like that. <laughs> Very well done. Serve it with a garnish of leaf, like a shiso leaf, yep. maybe? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, great. Now we're doing the lemons on the glass again. Oh, hey, no. I'm all right with it. Or water, no. watermelon. watermelon. Hey, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. Not a thing. Masticated shiso. All right, let me get us to a break, because we clearly have a lot more to talk about and some more beer to try. Uh, before we go to break, we have a special American Homebrewers Association member deal for you. Alert, alert. That's right. Uh, from now until December, if you click on the, the AHA link on our homepage, and then uh, when you uh, go to purchase your AHA membership or renew your AHA membership, just put in coupon code BN2018, and you're going to get two free books. We're going to send you Wild Brews and Farmhouse Ales. So uh, it's a great way. You should be a member of the AHA anyway. Uh, they're just a great organization that represent you and me and all the homebrewers in the country, uh, both in legal matters and in uh, supporting us in, in everything that we do. So go to uh, our website and click on the AHA web banners or the AHA link and then use coupon code BN2018 and you'll get two free books, Wild Brews and Farmhouse Sales. So check that out. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to taste some more beer with Sean and Dick and uh, talk more about Eclectic IPA Month. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer whether for yourself or as a gift when you subscribe or resubscribe from the brewing network homepage you directly support programs like this get a great magazine and support the brewing network subscribe to brew your own right from the brewing network.com are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all green brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack 
stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. This is Corey King from Side Project Brewing, and you're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And uh, if you're looking to take your craft beer to the next level, you should go check out craftbrewcreative.com. You sweat and toil over creating exceptional craft beer. Craft Brew Creative will assure that your branding reflects that outstanding craft. They take the time to understand your vision and uh, uh, get you exactly where you want to be through a results-driven process. Uh, They do logo design, branding strategy, websites, labels, tap handles, you name it. Go to craftbrewcreative.com and they're offering Brewing Network listeners 15% off your first design or branding project up to a $300 savings. So go check them out at craftbrewcreative.com and thank them for being a sponsor on the Brewing Network too. All right, we are back with Sean O'Sullivan and Dick Cantwell from 21st Amendment and Magnolia Brewing Company. And we got more beers in our glass to try from Eclectic IPA Month. We're getting a little preview here. So the whole month of November. It hasn't even started yet. These are just beers right out of the tank. We thought we'd share them with you today. I love it. Give you a little taste of what's going to happen. Excellent. So we already tried uh, a beer from Magnolia, the uh, Shiho? Shisho. She's so fine. She's so fine. She's so fine. There we go. Uh, What are we going to try next? What do you think? Uh, we're, try- we're, we're trying the Imperial West Coast Pine IPA. Okay. It's Imperial IPA with um, Cascade and Centennial and um, and then the brewer, Jaron Shepard, um, actually foraged for pine needles in Golden Gate Park. Really? Yes. That oh, sounds dangerous. <laughs> Was that a, uh, above or below the urine line? <laughs> and were those the above. only needles above. he found? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't pick up anything off the Nothing ground. Nothing off the ground. Okay. Uh, you know, it's like when you you know you, you go foraging, you always want to like whoever just said it. You want to always you know above the yeah. hip. <laughs> Jaron is his name. Yeah, Jaron Shepard. Good All right. guy. I think we got Jaron on the line Hello. right now to help us talk about the beer. Hey, Jaron, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, we're glad to have you on. I haven't met this brewer of yours, Sully. I haven't been around the brewery enough, I think. You have to come over sometime. Jaron's yeah. been killing it over there. I mean, uh, he's been with us for, what, two years now? Yeah. In uh, the capacity? In your, well, in your current capacity? I'm sorry? I feel like I'm interviewing you now. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> been around for two years. Anybody who can work with Sully for two years is a solid guy, is what I think. Uh, <laughs> nah, he's great. He's great to work with. So, uh, well, which one of you would like to describe this beer to us? I think Jaron should talk about it. Jaron actually yeah. uh, was, uh, he, he drove a lot of the show on this uh, on this month in a lot of ways. He, he, he's he been uh, a lot of the inspiration behind the beers coming out and uh, has been innovating and uh, at the brewery in general. And so, so we absolutely should talk about it. Tell us about the beer while we taste it, Jaron. Well, this one was I was particularly excited about. Um, you know, we had the idea to, to pair uh, some pine needles and some lemon verbena with a nice West Coast Imperial IPA, some of the uh, piney kind of citrusy notes that are already in there from the hops. So 
what I first started doing was I went to Golden Gate Park and actually uh, got these pine eagles myself. And that was a bit difficult because you know you don't want to get the ones on the on the ground. You want to get the ones that are still on the, <laughs> so, on the trees. So we're wondering about oh, sure, trees. Yeah. You get more than pine needles, on the right? Ground. They're different kind of needles on the ground. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we got about we used about a pound of those, um, and then we paired that with. Uh, a little over a pound of lemon verbena, which is kind of like a very citrusy um, herb that gives off a lot of lemon character, and put those both in the boil. Okay. Um, massive dry hop charge. I mean, this thing is 99.4% and uh, about 60 IBUs. Um, we all tasted it today for some of us for the first time, and I think it's just really smooth. Yeah. It's it, delicious. It doesn't drink like a 9.4 beer, so that's, no. a, that's a plus already. Well, that is the aim of a 9.4 yeah. beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well it's called, the, I'll take Bart beer. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the two ingredients go right into the kettle, he said? Yep. Any issues with that? I mean, getting it back out? Uh, have you ever done anything like this before, that type of ingredient? Well, we put them in a big nylon bag, so oh. kind of did like a you know a tea type thing with it. Um, we pulled them out at the end of the whirlpool. Uh, brewery smelled great. I mean, oh, I, I made a little tea myself with the uh, pine needles, and it was actually it tasted really nice. It was kind of uh, a little trial before we went ahead and threw them in the beer. Okay, he did this at the San Leandro Brewery. Uh, no, the pub brewery. At the pub. Uh, okay. Our pub. Got That's it. actually kind of become our test kitchen for everything. Anything okay. we brew over the in San Leandro, the production exactly. brewery, always starts. You know, the innovation starts at the pub brewery. That's smart. Because yeah. what are you, 100 barrels at, in San Leandro or something? Yeah, 100 yeah. barrels. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. He's talking about this nylon bag, and I just think it's the size of a house. <laughs> it's as big as your studio. It's big as your studio. It's yeah. actually used to crate elephants from zoo to zoo. It's very specialized. Yeah. And by collect needles, they just meant cut down a tree, yeah. and then they shoved it in the cup. Yes, there. Um, yeah, this is well, a great we case of beer. Joked about that actually doing this beer production, we would level half of Golden Gate Park looking for pine needles. Yeah. Do it Let's do it. That's going to be great PR when you yeah. do. That. <laughs> yeah, but Jared, you were looking for a particular type of pine, right? You you were kind of trying to hone in. Yeah. you had some. So we did ponderosa pine was what we were looking for. Um, I know that was a species that grew out there. And why is that? What were you looking? What character were you looking for out of that? Well, I mean, it just it has that classic kind of um, you know pine needle Christmas esque type taste. Um, the tips of the pine needles too found a, a few of those and broke them open, and they actually had much like sweeter pine smell and uh, you know aroma to them. Okay. Were you looking for the new growth, or were you looking for mature needles? Uh, the new growth, actually, uh, they're the best for making tea. It did a little research on pine needle tea. Apparently, it's a big thing. Hmm. Really? I didn't know that. What, what is it used for? Look for Jaron Shepard's book on brewing with pine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it'll probably be, big, no, be a big great. thing in like two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just I, I, you know, did a little research online and found out a lot of people make the stuff. It's really high in vitamin C from the needles. Okay. And it tastes great. That's what I was wondering. Every tea has some medicinal value. I was wondering what I'm curing right now. And we're also coupling it with uh, Centennial and Chinook hops, which, uh, you know, are, have their own, you know, which behave in a lot of ways with kind of a pine essence to them. So yeah. um, I think it's they, they go really, 
well, they're very hand in hand. We're so. talking about a terpenic tie-in. Okay, that, I don't even know what that means, but yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I had to write in. Uh, I, I wrote an article about uh, cannabis beer uh, for for Collins Magazine. Actually, I, I just wrote an article and, uh, about cannabis beer for the new brewer. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. yeah so, and I thought one of the beers I chose was from New Belgium, and and anyhow, terpenes, as you've been mentioning, Dick, are, are certainly one of the things in cannabis, and and as you're saying, in almost all of the the uh, herbal in everything. In in berries and vegetables okay. and fruits. Yeah, yeah, uh, and whatever uh, you, you know, whatever terpenes are focused in any of those items is what you're really getting out of the item when you put in a beer, right? That's what we're tasting. It's what you're getting aromatically, okay, and sh- to some extent flavor. But it's it's their terpenes are essential oils, okay, so they're fleeting, and so and so they're it's it's kind of you know some of it comes about you you appreciate them analytically, but you also appreciate them by smelling them and by lesser extent by tasting them got it okay when i was at triple rock can i just say it? triple rock yeah um and uh i would i mean this is a long time ago and i would have these guys come in here and it's and the world's completely changed in this regard but they would come and say hey can i make pot beer i say no no smoke your pot drink your beer <laughs> now everything has changed now we're like right. we're, we're, we're able to like dial in on the terpene and i still and think that's the way to go i, I think well, you're I right. Right. Yeah. were there terpenes back then or was this no, before, nobody, nobody so? just oh. they just called it weed and they didn't, oh. <laughs> we right. didn't know about terpenes <laughs> back then we okay. just didn't and now you know if you google terpenes all you oh. get is weed Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it's yeah. that common right. component, yeah. especially in, in beer. As That's what came up over and over as I was researching the article. And, of course, cannabinoids are still classified as in the same class as heroin. Uh, so when you use it in beer, you, you, you actually can't, you can't use straight cannabinoids. You have to use some other derivative. Right. And even then, yeah. you know, like CBDs are illegal most places. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, you know, by jumping through certain hoops, you know, like uh, Coalition Brewing in Portland is able to do it. But I'm not quite sure how they did that. Yeah, same. Same with some of the breweries that I pointed out in my article, too. I wasn't sure how they were able to do it. Because Black Hammer had to stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. But know, we do Long have Trail it. had to stop. Yeah. So you just outed how many breweries? Right. The <laughs> ah, they'll be fine. No, clearly, nobody's paying that much attention. But I also, th- I also like keeping them separate. I don't want to go too down, far down this rabbit hole. But I think keeping them. Well, separate. Well, we have a heroin beer for collecting IPA. <laughs> for I didn't want to say it, spoil it, but oh, no, that's great because I'm going to open a retirement home actually, where heroin is always on the menu yeah. for when we're when but, we're older. And why shoot it when you can drink it? Yeah. Yes. Well, well at that point we're, we're older. We're yeah. vaping it. We're yeah. going to put it in the jewels, and we're all going to vape. The fuck out of some hair. I don't yeah. think we have any idea how we're going to be doing it. <laughs> That's right. All I know is it'll involve a neural uplink and some <laughs> kind of some hover way, yeah. wheelchair device. You're right. That's it. It'll be an for it. Yeah. Jaron, I like that you mentioned that kind of uh, Christmas type of flavor in this beer because um, I'm not a big fan of uh, well Christmas beers or holiday beers in you general. You don't like this? Not when they have all of that I love nutmeg that and allspice. No, I love it. So not no, a no, no. Fan. no, I hate that. But this, yeah, this I would like love to have at a Christmas dinner, where you're just getting some of the well, this notes. this is very soft. Uh, I mean, as yeah. Jaren said, it's like, you know, right there in the background. Yeah. Or even up front in a lot of ways. But, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, like, maybe it's just nostalgia, but, you know, Anchor Christmas Ale. It's nostalgia. Yeah, we make a beer <laughs> called Fireside Chat, which has a lot yeah. of, like, those nuances in it. And it's nostalgia. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a plug. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it just comes out once a year, and you enjoy it, and you're like, oh, Well, Anchor you know. Christmas, you have, I've, I've, I've gone down to one. 
Yeah. You, you have it. You have it. You go, okay, I, I had my anchor, my 12-ounce anchor Christmas. The best Christmas beer, hands down, is Celebration. And I'll fight anybody who says otherwise. Well, there's the hoppy version and there's the spice version. Yeah. So you're the hoppy yeah. version. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was saying is, is that I, I would like to see more breweries go ahead and put out some holiday beers and Christmas beers that don't have to be so over the top. Like they could this. have some of these subtleties like exactly like yeah. this. I think you're right. I, agree. I would love this. That's a great point. We shouldn't go straight for the pumpkin spice latte beer. Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, you know what? It sells, so that's fine, and I'm, I'm not sure. shitting on everybody's taste buds. Pumpkin but, is uh, over. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> pumpkin. Well, let's Starbucks do that. Was that part of your nondisclosure uh, agreement? Didn't you <laughs> say that in this state? Yeah. I don't know if you saw the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but pumpkin yeah. is over. He has to whisper it in the Pacific Northeast. You have but. to twist your mustache off with your wax in your mouth. I, I have a, a magnum of Anchor Christmas from I don't know how long ago, and it's become a running joke among my friends that we, we actually give it to each other for whatever occasion. Housewarming. I'd given it to like Schumann. Schumann gave it back to me. Schumann had a baby. I gave it back to him. Had five babies. Uh, and we just, none of us will open this awful it's funny. thing. I have, give, I have re-gifted magnums of Anchor Christmas oh, myself. Right. Yeah. And I got those by somebody giving them to me. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like I went and bought them. But, yeah, no. yeah. Well, this beer is very nice. I think you did a nice job on this one, Jaron. I like it. Well, thank you. Um, okay, and then I think we'll have a uh, we have a magnolia beer next. But while we have you, Jaron, any other particular beers that you're excited about that we're going to see in November, and and some unique ingredients you might have put in there? Coors Light. <laughs> so for me particularly, actually, we just brewed it a few days ago. Uh, we were calling it pancake syrup, and it's uh, IPA with maple syrup and fenugreek seeds. Oh, what does the fenugreek what seed add? Fenugreek so is actually is, a Fenugreek is an ingredient. It's an ingredient using curry. Curry. It's also uh, fake maple syrup is made with fenugreek. Okay. Oh. Because when you mm. toast it, it takes on a mapley flavor. I see. I learned yeah. that from Patrick Rue. Oh, yeah. Okay. Great brewer. Also used a lot of eclectic ingredients yep. in his beers. Um, okay. Oh, that sounds exciting. Uh, also, yeah, I love maple syrup, so that was uh, <laughs> definitely one I'm looking forward to. <laughs> so uh, let me ask a question. Jaron, was there a particular recipe you were working off from that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, as question. a matter of fact, um, there's this book out it's called Eclectic IPAs. Got it. You, guys, you remember who wrote that one? No. I used to work in Elysian. I don't know. Yeah. Hack. Dick is now yeah. doing the Sully method, yeah. Right? Yeah. but now it's the Cantwell method yeah. of plugs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where does? How do you put the maple syrup in the beer? Is that also in the boil? You put the maple syrup. Come on. Yeah, we like at the, uh, the end of the whirlpool. Okay. It right? It's the like the messiest, syrup. stickiest <laughs> thing. This was like a Justin Crosby question from like 2008. How do you put that in? <laughs> that how, brew? how do we do well, it? It was 80 pounds of it, too, so it's okay. a little effort. You drip it in each yeah. bottle before you bottle it. I was going to say, yeah, mm. we actually don't put it in yes. the beer. We we give you a bottle as you order the beer. <laughs> right. One sip of maple, yeah. one sip of well, beer. Well, like a pharaoh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm excited for your beers to come out, Jaron. Um, it should be yeah, a good me one. too. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us on the show. We're going to keep berating these two and drink uh, <laughs> and drink their beers in the meantime. All right. Thanks for having me. Have fun, guys. Thanks, right, Jaron. Get back to the pumpkin carving. Cheers. <laughs> now, remember, pumpkin's out. Dick said it. Right. It's over. It's over. Yep. Uh, so this is first time this beer has been brewed, Dick, I assume? 
Uh, no, actually, oh, actually as, it, as it turns out, this particular beer was my very last Elysian beer. Oh, really? Okay. No, I brewed, fair and everything. Yeah, I brewed a, uh, let's see, my last Elysian beer was a, a batch that I brewed at the Little Tangletown Brewery. It was uh, uh, an IPA brewed with Skagit Valley gooseberries and malt from Skagit Valley malting. Okay. And Nelson Savannah hops. Oh, yeah. And this is, you know, this is a bit different because this, this, we used uh, Cape gooseberries, which are a slightly different fruit. Um, but this is a gooseberry IPA with okay. uh, uh, with Nelson Savan hops because you know we we've, we've been talking around about the terpene stuff and the the correspondence between things the pine you know corresponded with what was going on in the hops mm-hmm. in this case the Nelson Savan is a is a is a hop that's often suggested that it's very reminiscent of gooseberries or Sauvignon Blanc grapes yep so in in this case this is a tie-in other other IPAs there's more counterpoint. There's something that goes with it, but doesn't necessarily taste like it. But this is definitely a beer that has the fruit tasting like the hops. Okay. Yeah. it's uh, All of these, by the way, are eclectic IPAs. Each one has been something you want to have with food, which I think uh, is maybe part of the idea behind an eclectic IPA anyway, is that it's something that would pair well. It's not just uh, completely hop forward. Um, I like Nelson hops, too. I'm I do, too. A, I'm a fan of those. Yeah. You're so a this, fan? This yeah. beer we called South Island Hiss because of the South Island of New Zealand Okay, and the uh, Nelson Savan. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a nice beer. It's All a, of these beers. Yeah. It's a spiciness to it. I really like it. It's good hop uh, body in it. It has a lot of uh, thickness. All these beers have a pretty restrained bitterness from the hops. Did you guys back it down a little bit that, to I showcase think, these I think flavors? that's the key to this this whole thing. Is you've got to let the other ingredients play. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to back off a little bit from just the, having the hops be the show. But you know, it's kind of the game with so many beers these days. It's like, is there actual fruit in this beer, or is mm. it just fruity hops? Mm-hmm. Right. So in this case, we're backing off to give the give the fruit or whatever it is more play. Mm-hmm. It's about harmony too. At the end of the day, I mean, you want I'm sure you want some bitterness because you want it to play like an IPA, but all the other ingredients you want them to shine through. But I think what's really great about this, and this is fun because we haven't really tasted each other's beers yet. Oh, great. And, you until, know, today. Until, until today. Nice. Okay. Is that you, you, you get just like this, you, you, you get the nuance of the ingredient. It's not like hitting you over the head with like, yeah. you know, these ingredients that we're adding. It's like they're, they, it's, it's, they're all in harmony. I mean, it's, it's, it's very enjoyable. It's not like you're eating, you're biting into a pine cone. Yeah. You know? Well, and the not hitting you over the head with it is, is key to a, a customer, a consumer like me. I actually, usually call these beers bullshit beers. Um, I'm looking at the menu. I'm like, I don't want that bullshit. I don't want that bullshit. I just I want a pale ale. I want a Pilsner. Um, but because you've backed off on it, I would be just the jerk at the bar that was wrong. Because they're not, it's, I, I'm not just tasting all that bullshit is what I usually well, love it When other people are wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got together yeah. and we said, what would Justin drink? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. Well, and the, and the subdued bitterness is something that's just uh, trending right now anyway, right? Yeah. With all the hazy beers are the, like you said, Flavor, Dick, with, with the, maybe aroma. you have the fruit and all of that coming forward out of the hops, but you don't really have the bitterness coming forward very much. Right. That's what people are into. Although most of these, um, you know, talking to these guys about the, IBUs and their beers and ours. Their tip: most of these beers are in the low to mid fifties, up to sixty ish. Okay, not really more than that. Okay, but except maybe in the case of a double, where you've got to do it to balance. Right. But uh, they're not. There's still some bitterness in them. There, there is. That's pretty typical numbers yeah. for the style. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
little. I'm still getting even a little mint and lemon, even in this third one. I don't know if that's all part of the fruit or the gooseberry. You said, yeah, yeah, gooseberries. Okay, uh, or I just hadn't cleansed my palate from the from the last beer. Yeah, and these were the, we once again we ordered in <clears throat> like sixty pounds of gooseberries of these Cape gooseberries, and Cape gooseberries are. Uh, you know, regular green gooseberries, uh, which is what I brewed that other beer that I talked about, are green. They look like grapes, kind of. These are a bit different. They look, they're orange, and they come, when they, in their natural form, they come in a little sort of peel like tomatillos. Okay. They have that sort of papery shell, and you've got to take that off, which we had to do. Okay. Uh, before pureeing them, yeah. Did you also puree this all on your home machine like you no, did the No, no. We okay. used the uh, – this is another reason it's good to have a, a brew pub with a restaurant kitchen because we used that yeah, big, the big uh, burr stick, okay. the handheld mixer, you know, that you yeah. do in a bucket. I got you. Do it that way. Okay. And did that also go into the conditioning tank? Uh, this went into fermentation. Okay. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. This might be my favorite one so far. We have one more to try, right? Whatever, Dick. <laughs> there, are you guys competing already? Uh, there's no label slurk. on this last one. Do we know what the... Yeah, Sean yeah it's called it Passion. It's, a, it's an IPA with uh, uh, passion fruit. Okay. Tell us more about it so I can pour it for you. It's an IPA with passion fruit. <laughs> yeah. Who do we get on the phone to talk about sourcing passion fruit in Goldmead Park? Yeah. We talked to four burnouts who <laughs> just sold guavas, and I was like, can I get passion fruit? And, uh, you know. They told us it was passion fruit, so we threw it in. Yeah, I assume that. you bought passion fruit puree or, uh, to do this. No, we actually uh, we picked it. No, we didn't. From Golden Gate Park, <laughs> we went yeah. to Guam and uh, we bought some. everything's in Golden Gate Park. <laughs> well, these days there are you know great ingredients available. I mean, yeah, it's not like you, know, you need like, to go out and uh, pick your own passion fruit and peel it and all that stuff. Well, I was just in Mexico this last week eating passion you got fruit back off yesterday. Trees, yeah. Wow. Let's see if this experience gets close to that. Are you looking it up right now, Kelly? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's in there. You're Googling your own beer. <laughs> on, right? It's yeah. been a busy day. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, so it's aseptic puree. You know, we got mm-hmm. that from the aseptic puree farm in Gold Gate Park. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. As if anything in Golden Gate Park. <laughs> right. Base beer was like a single huh? IPA on this one or double no, IPA? No, it's a double IPA. Double it's IPA. got a real weedy hop aroma. It is. It's uh, We added... Um, uh, what do we got in here? Sorry, I'm like looking this up. So it's Fireman Pilsner Malt. It's white wheat. Uh, we put in some uh, Belgian candy sugar, and uh, and then uh, we've got uh, it's it's bitter with uh, Magnum as well as uh, Mandarina Bavaria as a late addition and Hugh Malone, and then we added the passion fruit in the uh, dry hop. Why Belgian candy sugar instead of just drive dextrose the, or something? Sort of drive the you know the, the alcohol up or the without increasing body. But you also get flavor out of the Belgian candy syrup too, right? Instead of just straight sugar. I don't know if you do on this actually. Yeah. I think it's just like kind it's of a design of actually like adding dextrose you know, okay. in a lot of ways. Okay, got it. It looks like the passion fruit came from New England in this mm. beer. Mm-hmm. It did, actually. actually yeah. And the yeast did, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> All of it. That's a good flavor, man. It does. I think actually yeah. passion fruit actually complements. Oh, tropical fruits are perfect yeah. for IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we make a passion fruit saison that actually is, like, like unbelievable right now. Actually, I want to put that beer in a can, honestly. Okay. Uh, because I think that's just a great fruit. You know, it's just 
it's just it's just so accessible. People who don't like saisons, who don't like you know, who, who don't like fruit beers, when you combine the two together, I think you get like this kind of great like you know earthiness from the saison yeast and you know the and the, the brightness from the passion fruit. So, but in this beer, I think uh, you know, I think the passion fruit actually is you know. Very representative of a lot of hops in a lot of ways. So. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that the passion fruit uh, hop flavors are really popular right now already. So if you're uh, yeah. adding to that. A lot of those southern hemisphere hops are described with just those fruits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this beer a lot. And I see it definitely pairs well with the mandarina Bavaria and the whole melon because those two add like a nice kind of rininess with also a really sweet yeah, it's fruity like going, flavor. It's going back to the, you know... You know, the the pine beer we had, I mean, you're using, like, you know, Chinook and Centennial, especially Chinook. Chinook's just, like, a great hop to kind of, you know, pair with that as a pine essence to it. And I think, actually, the Humalone and, and, and all yeah, that, actually. You're lining up the terpenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're lining them up. You know, this is almost <clears throat> piney like the other one hmm. to the point of pseudo-Christmas beer. Yeah, like I wonder, so? yeah, I wonder if you put the pine needles in this recipe with the passion fruit. Hold on a second, I'm writing that down. Right yeah, now. go even, <laughs> go even further with the pine. I'll fax you. Yeah. Um, I, I, because on on the end there, like the passion fruit's still kind of on the side, but in down the middle, it's kind of dry, and I get that pine resin kind of thing right in the back. Yeah, well, mm. so so not only do you do interesting combinations of flavors with hops and other ingredients, you do interesting flavors between other ingredients. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of cases. Um, well, I guess the shiso, we didn't had an herb beer that we tasted today. But, you know, sometimes there's a particular fruit that cries out for an herb to go with it in addition to the hops. Okay. You know, so like thyme goes well with a bunch of things. Um, you know, we did a, we did a, a cucumber Meyer lemon IPA uh, a while back. So that was the, the, the sort of bitterness from the cucumber peels and the sort of dilly kind of cucumber quality brightened up by some lemon. Okay. You know, so combinations. And then, you know, like rosemary is a great thing with IPA. Yeah. Add that to something. Rosemary with, I don't know, blackberry or something like that. Sure. That would be really good. So when you're thinking of these recipes, are you most often starting by thinking about your food experiences with them and then how they might translate? That's a, that's a, that's, I'm really glad you asked that because often cooking is an inspiration for these recipes. Okay. Because there are a lot of cuisines that sort of lend themselves to many different kinds of combinations that makes you think, oh, that would work in an IPA. Yeah. You know, like Indian cooking or Mexican cooking. You yeah. know, where you're dealing with curry mixes. You know, curry is like a combination of like, well, it can be any number of things. You know, like it's it's cardamom, it's cumin, it's it's black pepper, it's turmeric, it's, you know, what, clove and cinnamon. Right. In various combinations and pull out a couple of those. I wouldn't use all of those in a single beer, but you could do something with hops with a couple of those. Sure. Or with Mexican cooking. And you already Chilis. know they go together based on right. that experience. Right. Yeah. Chilies or, you know, other things in Mexican cooking. Cumin again. Yeah. You know, some of the some of the other things. Peter Bucart is great at this. Uh, he has uh, opened a, a small brewery in Fort Collins Purpose. now. Yeah. Purpose Brewing. Right? I was there last week. And he, oh, you yeah, it's <laughs> great. Small place. And he's doing really small batches. And he's a guy who defies my I don't want your bullshit beers uh, every time. And I, every time I go in there, he he's Peter. His what do you have, Peter? Uh, well, you have to have the, well, uh, this the time, coffee. This time I've put uh, basil and oregano, and uh, you know. And I'm actually being serious about a specific beer now. In on the <coughs> menu, it just looked awful to me, and I just thought, Peter. Well, and it, you know what? It was amazing. It was well, such a wonderful Peter beer. Peter doesn't just take his inspiration from food things. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I literally have had a conversation with Peter where he was talking about. 
about a particular banister <laughs> in uh, uh, an Art Nouveau sort yeah. of Jugendstil type uh, Victor Horta building in Brussels. Yeah. He, said he pointed to the corner of the banister with the afternoon light on it. it, was, it was, <laughs> yes. uh, that had been rubbed with beeswax. I was listening to Led Zeppelin. I, yes. want, yeah. I, want, I want to make a beer like that. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you. you. Actually, you have nailed it. And I've, I'm a. I'm, like, I could just listen to him forever. I'm like a, a teenage fan, uh, you know. Fanboy? At my favorite, yeah, uh, New Kids on the Block show. I don't even know. Because, yeah, as soon as he starts talking about those things, he somehow makes it make sense. You know, it's whatever like his ins- whatever his inspiration was. Yeah, Tasty, accent. that's it. It's very, <laughs> uh, instead of looking at it from just one side, or it's very three-dimensional. And writing the wood book with him was a really interesting I exercise. I bet. You know, because I had his journal entries and his notes and his, you know, his sort of scientific oh. classifications and lists and all that stuff. Right. And every morning I would look at those things, and usually they were in English. Sometimes there was Flemish. Yeah. And I would turn all that into reasonably coherent English prose. <laughs> right. Uh, but it, he does make it make sense somehow, uh, the way he describes things and the way he connects them together. You know who do that? does that? Uh, Cult leaders. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You know what? I'm already signed up. I agree with you. Kiflom. Kiflom. If our listeners ever get tired of listening to me or you guys ever want me to shut up on a show, just book Peter because I ask him one question and then I shut my mouth. Uh, He's amazing. He, yeah. We did a collaboration with uh, Gordon from Funkworks uh, this past February, whenever it was, and uh, we went to Peter's place, and he just come off you know, skiing or whatever it was, and like met us there at, at the brewery, and he was giving us taste of everything, and like, I probably had the best coffee beer of my life because oh. usually coffee beer, it's always a dark beer, it's always like a porter, a stout, or something like that, because of course you know those accents like you know go along with like the roasted qualities of those beers, yeah, and it was like a light like golden Belgian beer, and it has this this like very like light nuance of like coffee in the background and I was like oh my god I can't even believe I'm drinking this right now right, and it right. was in a barrel and he was like you know and then he and then he goes into the Peter kind of like spiel right. which is amazing because you get lulled into a false sense of like security and you're like oh, I love this beer and I think I love you too <laughs> yeah, you know? and yeah so he's like he's that kind of guy but those subtle uh it's like seasoning a beer yeah. rather than just making the beer focused on that. You guys have done that with these beers. That's what he does. You just season them rather than make them all about that flavor. Like whatever that Italian, you know, sun-dried tomato, basil, oregano beer that he made, I, I just assumed from the description that it would be awful. And <laughs> each one of those flavors was so subtle yeah. as a seasoning like you'd have on a good Italian meal. He's the perfect. salt bay of so, the beer world. Yeah. And you it, guys it, have done that with these as it, well. It, and I appreciate you saying that. It's funny because Dick and I, have, uh, you know, we've been judging Great American Beer Festival for a long time, a World Beer Cup, you know, for a long time. He's been doing it longer than I have. But, you know, one thing that always happens, and I, I always want to tell brewers this it's like any type any any of those categories where it's like there's a nuance or an ingredient that you have to add to a base style let's mm-hmm. say it's chili beer chocolate beer whatever it is i mean it's about harmony it really is mm-hmm. it, th- that ingredient cannot scream it has to it has to whisper and be in harmony yeah. with the base style and play well with the other ingredients i mean that's that's what brewing's all about and i think like you know going back to peter right now i think that he does it a great you know a great job and your compliments about our beers that we brought out here today for eclectic ipa month uh, i i think that's the case too you just cannot like hit people over the head with with ingredients yeah you got to go looking for it you yeah. Gotta, yeah. You, you know, may say it's there then have me, make me go find it yeah, yeah. 
But I guess what surprises me, not just about brewers who, who don't follow that rule, but is kind of about consumers. As a consumer, if you went and had a meal that was completely over-salty, you can bet your ass you know it's too too much salt, and you're probably yeah. going to leave a, a Yelp review about it. Or, <laughs> or any other ingredient. And I guess what I'm saying is we trust our palate with something that we're so familiar with, like our meals, um, but we don't, I think, really trust it when it comes to beer. And so if in, in a lot of cases, if we're not hit over the head by it, um, then, well, that's not a pumpkin beer. Or that's yeah. not a, that wasn't a pine beer. Because didn't it, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Why do we make this difference for our well, beer than we do from our, for our food? I, yeah, I agree. And I think maybe, and just right now having this conversation, thinking about it, I wonder if it's that uh, <clears throat> the dark cloud that always kind of hangs overhead in the background of craft beer, where you don't want to be the, quote, beer nerd, where uh, you're looking yeah, yeah. for stuff. Too late. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. But, like, I, yeah. think, I think a lot of the new yeah. folks coming in to the beer scene who are only attracted to a couple of styles, and that's it. They don't – I don't think you want to be seen as, as the you know nose in the glass, always discussing and looking. You're just – you see what I mean? I do agree with Where, that, but I think I'm pointing out more the folks that um – uh, I think it's actually the opposite, that the, the beer nerds are the ones saying, oh, God, I love that pumpkin. Hit me over the head more with pumpkin and the nutmeg. And I'm Watermelon. actually just talking about having a <laughs> level of comfort with the things that you like and that you taste. Yeah. And somehow that level of comfort goes out the window when you drink a craft beer. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I was going at it from like a consumer standpoint, not yeah. a manufacturing standpoint. Well, you want to be surprised. Yeah. Consumers want to be surprised. Yeah. They, they want to have that experience that we're describing, have, tasting some of Peter's beers. They're like, I don't think I would like a beer that was inspired by, you know. A banister. Toma- a banister. Tom- <laughs> tomato tomato bread banister. in Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, But it's yeah. like, wow, this is really great. Right. I am surprised and I am pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Because, you know, concept on its own certainly isn't delicious. Right. But concept, when worked the right way, is beguiling. Yeah. Well, I think there's two different motivations for making a fruit beer. Are you making it for the person who doesn't like beer? Because then you want it to be over your head, just pound you in the face with raspberries. So that it's not beer flavored. Right, exactly. That's Are you trying fruit, to hide the beer? That's how fruit beer used to be. Correct. Yeah. You know, like back in the back in the early 90s, fruit beer was something that was like, well, we got to get these girls to drink something. Right. But, right. And so they were like berries or whatever put in a wheat beer. Right. But it can be used so artfully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, you've always done that with watermelon wheat, actually. I am not just uh, paying your ego. Uh, uh, I'm a sponsor. Keep going. Honk, honk his ego. <laughs> That's right, Ken. No, don't you think that one of the reasons watermelon wheat has always been so successful is that you didn't follow that 90s model where it just had to be watermelon? Uh, I, I think you're right. It's, uh, you know, it's we're using real fruit, you know, yeah. which I think is really important. And we're not oh, yeah. using womp or anything like that, which yeah. is like, you know. Not you know it's just fake you know you don't get the sense of it um, and I think it's just restrained you know it's just like it's a wheat beer at its base and then yeah. you know there's this and honestly people don't some people don't like it at all I mean it's, right. it's got this cucumber kind of like vegetative quality to it um, but I think that people like you know and thank God they love it because they drink the heck out of it we made right. a lot of it last year and this year hopefully and uh, I think that um, you know it's just. It has this essence. It has this quality to it that I think is uh, inviting. Yeah. Where it doesn't turn you off. It's not a, you know, it's not a, you know, watermelon, like, you know, uh, Jolly Rancher kind of experience. Right. Mm-hmm. But Beardy's right. I think you, you get to have your choice. Is it going to be a beer-flavored beer with some fruit, or is it a fruit-flavored beer? And it's an interesting yeah. time right yeah. now yeah. in that sense where you have, like, 
beers that are like, you know, with the milkshake kind of beer mm-hmm. with the fruit that's not being fermented. Well, but we've got so many different kinds of fruit things doing really well right now that are creditable beers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've been talking about IPA today, but I think what, you know, what uh, many people have done with Goza and, and introducing fruit in those ways is also very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. We're in a good time in beer. And sometimes a bad time. But, uh, <laughs> but we won't talk about that time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As good as there's been. Let's get that time under the road. Positive. <laughs> you guys want to hang out for another segment? We'll, we'll maybe yeah, recap sure. the beer. Not, yeah, we have to take Bart go? back. Not, no, we don't, we don't have to. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay to hang out. Sure. Well, we'll take a... We'll, so maybe get, another, maybe get actually, another full-sized beer. And That's good. what I was thinking. We'll give everybody a break to get a beer. We can revisit any of these we'd like to. we got a couple other things to wrap up. In the meantime, go check out GreatFermentations.com. Great Fermentations has the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business in using Blickman products. Top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on so many of their items. Check them out at GreatFermentations.com. And uh, you can also be sure to like them on Facebook, which is GR8 Fermentation. uh, And they're on Twitter and Instagram as well under all that same stuff. So we'll take ourselves a quick little break here. And when we come back, more from Sean O'Sullivan and Dick Cantwell. I'm so happy you guys are in the studio. We got more beer to try, more to talk about. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we are able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. 
find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Hey, this is Julian Trego from Beachwood Brewing, and you are listening to The Session on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome Hi. back to the program. Hi, Thanks this is so Julian much for, <laughs> for hanging out with us. That guy. Have you heard me play guitar? We are still hanging out with Sully and Dick. Uh, talking about IPAs and eclectic IPAs. And uh, if you're looking to make great beer like they do, you might want to check out White Labs. Pure liquid yeast means better beers. White Labs boasts the highest concentration of yeast in the industry thanks to their patented FlexCell technology and pure pitch packaging. The yeast contained and delivered in these innovations are propagated in an all-grain wort, providing the perfect nutrients for growth and optimal performance. With White Labs Pure Liquid Yeast, your finished beers will meet the high-quality flavor profile that you intend to produce. Discover the White Labs difference. Go to whitelabs.com slash yeast bank to find the perfect strain for your next beer. And thank you to White Labs for being with us for, gosh, almost, I think they're going on like 13 years of supporting this program. Almost as long as the 21st Amendment. Almost. You're 13 Mm. and a half years, I think, actually. We're having our 14th anniversary party. Where's that going on? Uh, Well, it'll be, we always go to Homebrew Con now, the Homebrewers uh, uh, National Conference. Uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Where? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rhode Island. There yeah. are people Rhode there? Island. So, you know, we had our very first anniversary party in the loft yes. at the 2-1-A. And we haven't done it since then. And we, have, we can't fit there anymore. Why not? Let's no, just well, do it. No, now we got to go to Dick's place. Why not? We have 5,000 square feet. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Go. Gotta, I'm checking out. show in, like, the cool ship. Yeah. Well, I, we always follow the Homebrewers Conference now. So wherever they go, we go. We haven't built it on yet. Um, but, we can put uh, in a broadcast booth. Oh, I like this Ooh. idea. So there we see. That's, then it's not a remote. Correct. Right? Then I don't have to bring oh, all my... now Dick's your new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm You've never offered a booth. So. <laughs> That's true. Actually, we turned that loft... <laughs> Do you remember, so we, we turned that loft into a broadcast booth. Yes. And I actually had to bring, like, whole computers at the time to do... <laughs> back uh, in your big as, like, a VW power. bus. Yeah, yeah like, it was ridiculous. A, back in the, you know, 40s. And to put a mainframe in to... Anyway, actually. I'm bringing in a gigabyte. Yeah. It was ridiculous. <laughs> the um, I think I it had was. to borrow a friend's van just to do the damn thing. It was crazy. And you have to bring less, and you still won't do it now. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I still won't what was do that, it anymore. What was the line? There was like, IB, what is it? ICBN? What is it? The like the, the internet, no the internet like line that you oh ISDN, ISDN. Yeah. actually one time we did a show with K Fog back in the day and it was yeah. like we had an ISBN line brought in I think you might have tapped into that <laughs> like, I think I did yeah. because we did our FM show from there too yes uh, and I needed the ISDN line for that yeah uh, yeah oh boy called in like yeah pretty much and we used to always do a show at the anniversary now we just like provide a lot of good beer and we hang out with people at our anniversary. Well, I'm glad it's working out for you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. (laughs) Have fun in Rhode Island. Uh, We had a caller call in for you guys, actually. Uh, I guess he wants to ask you some questions. Uh, We should have Mark on the line. Hey, buddy, you there? Hey, yeah. How are you? We're doing great. You got some questions for Sean and Dick? Yeah, I do. Uh, Well, first I wanted to talk about some fantastic IPAs I've been having since that's a theme of the show. Okay. Are, you gonna play, um, are they your uh, IPAs or they're commercial IPAs? I'm just curious. No, there's a commercial, couple of commercial IPAs that I've been really enjoying, okay. and then I have some of my personals that I need some help with. Okay, go ahead. So uh, 
I, I've had um, first one was uh, terrible idea from the show a couple weeks ago. Never heard. Of really it. got me turned on to the hazies. Mm-hmm. Previously, I was in JP's camp, uh, not enjoying <laughs> the uh, the hazy IPA, and then uh, I guess that beer just. Turn me on to them. Ooh, an epiphany beer. Is that mm. the 21st Amendment beer you're talking yeah, about? So yeah, so a terrible idea was a collaboration we did with Fieldwork. Oh, yeah. That's um, right. And uh, I think we were on the show talking about that. That was the last time I was you here. Mm-hmm. So it was like, Sounds uh, accurate. It was, you know, the, it was heavy on the Equinaut. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and there was a little bit of bitterness to it. So I think it was actually not so maybe traditional hazy, <laughs> yeah. if you can say that in this day and age. Uh, so it had a little bit of a, a bitterness, you know, component to it, uh, but definitely like, a, a juice factor as well, and a lot of you know, you know, polyphenols from the from the hops and all that. So, um, no, it was a and the great and the great thing about that beer is that it was a terrible idea. You know, yeah. the way how he walked into it. You know, <laughs> your you next know. one should be called traditional hazy because I think that'd be a, <laughs> traditional. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, no one will even know. They'll be like, yeah, what is traditional hazy? It has been uh, around for six months. All right, what else, Mark? What you got? Uh, well, and then uh, recently, maybe a, a bit of a. Um, rival to that Brooklyn brewery, but the six point meltdown, uh, the Imperial IPA is, it's also a bit of a hazy IPA, Mandarin Bavaria, uh, and Mosaic hops, uh, just fantastic. And, uh, here's where my question comes in. All right. I'm looking to get my IPAs to have that. Um, it's, you know, it's not a sharp bitterness, but it's that softer, rounder bitterness, um, and then it's also just coming through with so much hop flavor and aroma. Uh, currently, my IPAs are coming in a little bit sweeter than I would like them to, uh, and they're not having that strong uh, aroma where you you sniff that glass and uh, your eyes light up, if you know what I mean by that. Sure. More late hopping. Yeah. More late hopping, so just that... What do you mean by that? David? Well, what I, but what I mean is, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, we all know now that the that the hazies don't rely so much, and the brood IPAs, for that matter, <clears throat> don't rely so much on hop bitterness conventionally added to the beginning of the boil, the way we traditionally have done. So, <clears throat> you know, I learned that when I started making um, some of my hoppy beers, <clears throat> excuse me, at New Belgium. And uh, Grady Hull, who was the assistant brewmaster there, he he was all about adding, putting most of the most of the bit, most of the BUs, most of the flavor, most of the aroma in very very late. And I think that's what, that's the way you get that hop aroma just busting out of the glass. And as to the sweetness, well, you know maybe that's a yeast thing more than it is a hop balance thing. Might not be but, attenuating enough. Yeah. yeah. So a yeast health and maybe like a, a proper pitch rate. Yeah. Yeah, for that. I mean, we're you know we normally like dry hop anywhere from like a pound and a half to two pounds per barrel. We did a terrible idea; it was four pounds per barrel, and I think you're getting a lot of like hop aroma and flavor, and sort of this you know perceived bitterness that's you know coming through just the amount of like hop material in the beer, um, and I think you know. And coupled with like great attenuation, then okay, you might want to pay attention to that. And just to clarify for Mark here, you're not doing the same amount of say kettle hopping, boil, and then a whole bunch of late hopping. You're replacing yeah. what you might have yes. normally done, you know, in the is, kettle. As, so okay, so say you've got say you're doing a beer with that's 65 IBU. 
in the old days, you would have put like up front. 40, yeah. of those, 40 of those more, up yeah. front. Mm-hmm. Yes, some, something like that. Now you're putting like 15 of those up front. Okay. And you're crowding them in at the end. If that. If that. Okay. But if you're also wanting to have mm-hmm. that muted bitterness, if you as you do dry the beer out, you're going to also need to probably soften the water a bit. Yes, water um, treatment for sure. Yeah, add some more chalk, kind of treat it more like a stout than necessarily an IPA. Okay. Or you start with because I've been adding gypsum. Yeah, gypsum to my water previously. Well, that's going to harden it. Right. That's going to make the bitterness more aggressive. You'd want to add chalk or something well, like that. Yeah. You want to add calcium chloride, or, you know, or, uh, calcium chloride. Chloride. Yeah. Yeah. You want yeah, your chloride. sulfate to chloride ratio is what you want to watch. Yeah. So typically, typically one to one, chalk. you're going to get a balanced okay. beer. Uh, I think so we do like three to, to one. one be... We do like three to one. Um, now you do. Where do you live? What's your water like? I, I'm in Wisconsin. I I get Great Lakes oh. Lakes water, so uh, pretty good water. Uh, well, it's good water, but it's going to be harder than what we're used to coming off the mountains. Yeah. So you need to soften it even more. Yeah. It okay. sounds like you have to go to New Glarus and just drink the beer there. <laughs> and have a yeah, yeah. It has some uh, cheese curds. Scream yeah. double IPA is fantastic. <laughs> I really love that one. Um, well, thank you guys for the tips. Uh, real quick, uh, as I'm looking for, I mean, you you say four pounds of barrel solely uh, in your dry hop and your lay hop. Um, what, what's that going to translate to in, on my five-gallon bat? Oh, I you thought have to, you were going to ask how much it costs. Mark, that's an Arithmetic issue. Yeah, uh, you're you gonna have that to. Offline. You're gonna yeah, have to convert you, that. Just send one. me an email, Sean at twenty first hyphen amendment dot com. But it's probably. Oh, there you go. oh, actually, don't do that. No, 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 I'm kidding. Right? No, it, it's like uh, you just have to like whatever you're doing mm-hmm. now, like four times it. Number of pounds, yeah. number thirty one yeah. gallons. But that's in the that's an insane amount of hops, yeah. you know. Because then you you also run the risk of running into too much vegetal character from just the green matter. So, I don't know. I would try it. But four pounds per barrel, that's four, a lot. That's, that's what lot. the kids yeah, are doing, yeah. man. That's what that's what Alex does. <laughs> Tweet at, uh, at uh, Fieldwork. I mean, huh. like he puts one pellet in the in, in the initial boil. That's like the, how they start the clock. Yeah. And then everything is on the back end. Right. I remember him saying that. I bet he just shove a hop cone up my ass every minute for an hour. <laughs> that's like, yeah. Does that work? We're all yeah. leaving the room yeah. now. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about brewing beer. I just thought we were talking just about in hops general. in general. Yeah. yeah. Well, in uh, batches, yeah. less will give you more typically. You don't need to to go to the four pound per barrel rate or even two pounds per barrel rate to give you a good hop. Uh, you have to play with it, back off or yeah. add. You see what know, works for you. See what works for you, like what you're comfortable with. I mean, if you, I mean, the bottom line is like this is a, it's a new world right now with, with you know these types of beers. So, you know, for me, it's like you know initially I was like, ah, oh, right, this looks like a word sample, yeah. you know. Uh, but now I, I mean, it's now a style, and I was always a person always said like unless you know, you know, the clarity is part of the style, then it's then it's part of the yeast part of the process and it has to come out so now it's like i feel like you know we are now embracing it sure and i think you know uh, the consumer is actually responding to that so that's true well here's what you can do and you can do it for free uh all of the advice that they just gave uh, for example uh you know dick gave an example like if you have a, a 50 ibu uh, beer uh you want to you want to take maybe uh 40 of those or 35 of those and put them all at the end uh well there's now a way you can calculate that go to beersmith.com right now you get a free 21 day trial and the new version is what made me think of it um actually has a recipe builder where you can, for example, build your water. 
which is an important thing to do. So you, you're going to want to soften it, like uh, a Tasty and, and Sully both said. Um, but you can also now do uh, Whirlpool editions, which will include the time and temperature uh, that you're doing that, and uh, be able to calculate your IBUs for this thing. So go check it out, beersmith.com, free 21-day trial, and it should do everything you need it to do to make uh, the type of beers you're looking for. So, Way to work in the plug with the, the content there. That was good. Thank you. And you know, a lot of times it, it, it is a little forced, but that one actually was perfect it was because perfect. he was asking. So it totally works. Actually, even with the, you know, he's asking you, wait, what is four barrels, uh, no, four pounds per yeah. barrel? Well, I have to tell you, you right can now, do it I mean, in Beersmith. I've used Beersmith a lot. Okay. You know, yeah. like, I mean, I'll, I'll take it another step further. Given there, like, you know, it, it's just, it's a great app. Yeah. I mean, it's like for me, I've done like a home brewing on my own, like back deck and all that. Right. I, I developed toaster pastry using. <laughs> Beersmith, so, oh, oh, so your house has a back cool. Well, and he's so <laughs> on top of things, Brad, who makes it, that uh, I think he's like the first guy to go, wait a minute, I better try to figure out how to calculate these late yeah. hop additions better so that people can build their recipes that way. Mm-hmm. So, But just to show how insane that rate of hopping is, a five-gallon batch would need, you know, like 10, 10, and, 10 and a half ounces. Okay, yeah. Of hops, That's all fine. at the all That's at the end. That's less than a pound. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to have any wort left. <laughs> These things happen. Yeah, en- enjoy right. your two yeah. pints yeah. of beer, right? For one hundred dollars, right? Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that because the last time I homebrewed, this whole hazy thing didn't exist, uh, and so I would never. If like I had, five years ago, what you, <laughs> like what would have been a ten ounce in ten ounces of hops in a in a homebrew tasty? Was the Pliny clone back in the day that many, even that much? Oh, hops? I think it was total hops. Or yeah, I think it was total hops. Well, it was loaded uh, yeah. pretty big was at the beginning. 40, okay, the, yeah, big charge at the beginning. So that was yeah, even was crazy. Like Fourteen yeah. or so. Got it. Yeah, it's a lot of hops. Crazy. Dude. I know yeah. things got weird. No, yeah. No. Once the hop shortage was over, people said, "Now we can actually, you know, because we can afford these hops." I see. When they were during the shortage, that's when beers dried out because you just had to use it all up front because it's the only place you could afford the hops. Oh, that's a good point. I yeah, never they thought last, about like, that. The whole year correlation. If we were using later later hop edition like we are now. The hop shortage would have been a freaking disaster. Right. Yeah. For homebrewers also, like it's already oh, yeah. kind of expensive to brew a homebrew batch of oh, beer. Yeah. Never mind a, a batch like you. Is this your ex- most expensive month of brewing, you think, November, with with uh, Eclectic no. IPA month? No. no, not even. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's, it's all at the pub. So all the oh, okay. Got it's all it. being retailed at that you know, you know level. We're spending a couple hundred bucks more per batch. You know, I see. Maybe some things cost a bit more, and we're charging a little bit more for them because mm. they do have more specialty ingredients, but it's not insane. Right. But we're also doing events and all that you know we have some events coming up yep mm-hmm. yeah we're doing events at each of our places at which oh. we will both be speaking oh, um, oh. On wow the, uh, the uh what's when's yours the six <laughs> what are we yeah. talking about i told how will, how will I, I you guys find out about these the days? 18th and 19th of november yes, yes exactly. and where should i go to find out uh, your, your facebook or uh, your website you can go to magnoliabrewing.com and check it out there. There is an events page. There you uh, and you can also go to 21st-amendment.com and uh, look there. So, uh, actually speak, look at Sully's like back in the brewing world. I feel like back, back. You know what I mean? Like, because he's uh, in front of you. Otherwise, he's well, doing, he's yeah. been doing the brewing world, but he's back to being social, and I like that. It's like uh, oh. it's like how amber ales are starting to come back in fashion. <laughs> are they? Sully's mm. yeah. coming back. They've seen a couple of more. They never went anywhere, oh. but now we're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a bitter with Chinook and use Centennial and Cascade. <laughs> I'm like a 1985 IPA right now. <laughs> All 60 minutes. Yeah. 
No late hop additions. All early hop. That's where I'm going. I can't get enough C65 malt. <laughs> it's funny because we have a lot of hop contracts. We have a lot of Centennial and Cascade hops right now, like a lot of breweries. And uh, you know, you and so I want to bring back like the West Coast style IPA. Oh, I think actually, we need mm-hmm. to do that. Like you know, upfront bitterness. Like mid edition of Centennial, yeah. Cascade and Centennial to back and dry hop with it and make the beer clear, you know, which I think actually was exciting about brewed IPAs because I think it's like, hmm. it's just, it's just, it's this great little nuance. I mean, I think it's yeah. all great in general. I mean, you know, Dick's here drinking a hazy pale ale and all this, but I, I just think, you know, it's all coming back around. I yeah. think, you know, it will all come back to us. So he's here starting his 2020 presidential campaign. <laughs> to make like beer it. clear again. Yeah, yeah. Make beer clear again. <laughs> We yeah. did uh, a bunch of panels at the Great American Beer Festival, um, as we always do, just panel discussions. And there was a panel discussion on hazy beer and a panel discussion on Brute IPA, uh, which was done with Kim over at Social Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, which which panel do you think was the most popular, the, the most attended of those well, two. Judge, judge, well, I was going to say hazy, actually. I would say hazy. Brute. It was the brute. Really? Which oh, yeah. blew oh, yeah. my mind. Of course I thought okay. that the hazy was the largest it's category. New. It's um, new. Yeah. And, and yeah. everybody wants to learn about how to do it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it was. So there were a lot of brewers in attendance, but also just a lot of beer fans, as I could tell. And I'm not just talking by a little bit. By far, oh. the brute IPA panel was su- just crowded as could be. Because, uh, yeah, new style. And Kim's done well, a great well, job Kim out there. Well, Kim is so funny. Yeah. He, he is like this. He's such a he's a he's an odd duck in a lot of ways. Yeah, but like us. But but he's so he just he's just like he would t- he tells you everything about how to make that beer. Oh yeah, he, and he's almost like this French. He's like a Frenchman. It's like who speaks you know English. Yeah, he's like uh, and he's it's amazing. I mean, yeah. he's, it's just he's been so great for that style. Yeah, well, and these days, I mean, to have something, I mean that that whole. Level of cooperation, collaboration, yes. putting it out there. It's microcosmic of what, what we've always had yeah. and what will will sustain us into the future. I mean, it's what we are. Yeah. I think you're right about that. That's a good that. point, actually. And even as I mentioned the, the, the hyper-local and, and the amount of breweries that are opening, they're all still, as far as I can tell, collaborating in the same way. Uh, which is very cool. Yeah, like Alex, you know, we were developing this a terrible idea recipe. I mean, he disclosed everything what he does, how he does it. You know, it's just like this is how I do it. You yeah, know, this is where I'm adding it. This is what the, the malt and the hops I'm using and all that. And it was just like, okay, yeah. You've always done the same after you Google it on the show. You tell us uh, everything that's in your beers. <laughs> it's always been that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we did have a Twitter game tonight, uh, which we should get to. We did. And our Twitter game, JP, was? It was, uh, we are opening a senior living facility. Yeah. Because Sully's here. That's the, it was inspired. You heard, you heard you part, know? You heard the first part of the show. <laughs> I'm older than you are. <laughs> Be quiet. You could have just played along with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so I want people to name it and uh, explain what happens. Okay. And I love this, uh, as I described, because I've, I've had this idea for a while of a great modern uh, retirement facility. So right. what, did we, what did we get? Um, yeah. Right? Like, don't you, you missed the whole part. But like, I want to talk to you about that later, but what are you talking about? Yeah. You don't want to party? About, I'm talking about living the dream. When, in, instead of these like boring kind of like, please don't move me to the retirement home, I want our generation move to be like me. begging to go because it's a party yeah. home. Yeah. Am I there yet? You know, I, there's a, there's I little wanna, bowls of ecstasy around. I want to uh, go to a... I mean, fuck like, it. 
Burning life Man. is over, yeah. right? Like yeah. you, you got your last whatever, and uh, why not have a great time while Cre- you're at it? Crate me off to a place a where where the only thing that is grinding is not my knee. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Ludes back when about. they were ludes. I want to forget <laughs> yeah. about my issues in Mrs. this place. Simpson in eight oh five, Raj. She's looking hot right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, I'm talking I about. I want two reds and a blue. God damn it! I Let's wa- go. I want. Old ass geriatric Kanye West playing at my oh, at my uh, retirement facility. Yeah. This is what I'm talking yeah. about. When he's about to see Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Make loots great again. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, what did our listeners come up with? Uh, Robert Winterborn said Hazy Gardens, home for old ales. Okay, good name. Yeah, uh, Ben the Brewer says. Wait, but no activities no, involved. No, okay. it was either kind of either or. Okay. You know, whatever. All right. Uh, ben the Brewer says, "Pastures of plenty, uh, beer." Eh, eh, mm. He tried real hard. Uh, Lloyd uh, McClover says, uh, "Wilted Timbers, senior home, just like your younger <laughs> self. There is literally nothing going on except broken dreams. It'll work one day, honey." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Right. Um, someone called Gob Wobbler. <clears throat> Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Suspicious. Said, yeah. it, would, it would be called What's Up, Doc? A one-stop shop for pervy geezers. Happy Acres by Day, Strip Club Extraordinaire by Night. Huh. Homage to our own uh, missing co-host, Doc. Yeah, where is that guy right now? He's on hiatus. <laughs> is he okay? He's fine. Yeah, he was in New York this weekend. weekend. Have you had an I, update? I mean, I want to know what's going on. I, I think he's doing fine. I had to put him on hiatus. When was the last time he, he was on the show? Um, good question. It's been a few have months. Have you talked to him recently? Oh, Bevo selling oh. four months. I have talked to him. Yeah, I talked to him. It can't be four months. No, it's almost a year now. Yeah. Is he still at Burning Man? It's been a while. He did go to Burning. He's not it's still like there. Uh, <laughs> he came I back. think he's doing fine. He just was having a little difficulty managing his personal life are and the show. Are you talking about right now or are you talking about Doc? <laughs> Doc. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's up, Doc? No, you're fine. You okay. and me, we're on the... And by you and me, I mean you. You're on the track to health. You're fine. <laughs> the track to health. You hear that, Sully? It's funny. There's hope for you yet. There are two people in this world when I sit down and talk to them about, uh, you know, just in the brewing industry. It's you and Brian Golding from... Uh, from uh, Ryan guys, okay. you and I, we, we sit down and we just break it down. We dive right in. Yeah, exactly. Small talk you sucks two, for us. Like just like boom, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm in the tractor beam right now. Let's do this. That's why we don't I hang out it. that I often. It. It's too intense. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> just like camping. Uh, can I get back to my game, please? Yes. Uh, sorry. sorry uh, the brewer up, of the brewer of Seville says in Chechnya, seniors live in one place called Moor, <laughs> <laughs> and only activity true. is yeah. musical casket. This is true. I like this. Uh, that's a good one. Jeff Engel says, uh, Brewcaster Acres, occasional soup lines, and plenty of street-side parking for shopping carts. <laughs> that's a good one, actually. Yeah. Makes hmm. sense. That uh, looks more realistic. Yeah. Gordon Strong. Don't know if you've ever heard of that guy. Uh, he says, hmm. The Beavatorium, <laughs> where uh, people reminisce about the good old days when there were beers such as any IPA, but only because their cataracts make all beers look hazy. Oh, <laughs> true. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So, I just nice uh, and last but not least, Panther Hollow says, Doc's Old House. Unfortunately, nobody knows what that's like there since it's been under new ownership of Doc's <laughs> ex-wife, who Ooh. immediately banned all BN. Wow, deep cuts. Ooh, that, okay. wow. that it's boring, though. <laughs> Those are real deep cuts. Yeah. Uh, well, I like the deep cuts. I like when you show your uh, recognition of the show and, yeah. and how far we've come or not come. Uh, <laughs> but I kind of like the Chechnya one the most. Uh, yeah, the Chechnya one. one's pretty good. I like the shopping carts. 
Because uh, that one's pretty accurate. The, can't give it to Gordon. He's already got the book. Brewcaster we'll Acres. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. We're giving away a copy of uh, Dick Cantwell's book. Uh, Brewing Eclectic, Eclectic, Eclectic IPAs. IPAs. So you should have tried harder, guys. Yeah. Uh, is it going to be a signed copy? Sure, why not? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to work <laughs> no, this out? No, I'm not going to sign it. Signed by Sean O'Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll work this out. That'd a signed copy from author and brewer and, uh, I don't know, everything extraordinaire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lesser half of Kim Jordan. I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, Dick Cantwell. Uh, well, what do you think, JP? What do you want to make the finalists that we can vote on? That's a good question. I, so I like Panther Hollow, which is the Doc's old house, right? The deep cuts. Right. Uh, Jeff with Brewcaster Acres. That's Tasty Shopping Carts guy. And then and then Chechnya. Okay. I think those three. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's vote on those. Okay. How do we do this? Uh, JP's going to read them off again, and you raise your hand for which one you vote for. Okay, got it. And we'll, we'll do a little count. Okay, here we go. The first one. In Chechnya, seniors live in one place called Morgue, and only activity is musical casket. All right, we've got three votes. Uh, oh, four, five. I'm with, oh, ju- I'm with just the first. Game's over. Okay, yeah. so that's five that's votes. It. And Terrence the Black is worth at least three votes, I think. That's uh, true. Even he though he's lost weight. Isn't yeah. it three-fifths? Yeah. He's <laughs> that what is I'm sorry. Did I get that backwards? You're right, yeah. I'm sorry, Terrence. Uh, well, that's a winner, right? That's that we don't even get to vote All on right. it. Chechnya. Sorry, Sully. Yeah. I love you the rest. That's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, the return of Terrence the Black. That's right. He's everybody. here, guys. He hasn't yeah. been here in years. But we're not letting him talk. Why not? <laughs> eh, because yeah. no one cares. He's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he was just using his uh, free pass from his eight kids to come hang out with us tonight. It is eight now, right? Three. Uh, oh, it's three. I Are think two sure? more are right now. <laughs> Did you lose a couple? I thought you had more than three. <laughs> Everything's fine? You didn't? Uh, so I, I have three, and I will not have any more. I see. We made mm. sure. Oh, you medically did uh, that? Yes, 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 yes. I think wow. Her, hermetically, he did. <laughs> okay. Well, it could be reversed, you know. Your, <laughs> your wife is in the medical <laughs> field. The so. yeah. Right. Okay. Well, a That's couple- exciting. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I realize how long I haven't seen you. I saw saw a photo of your kids the other day, and uh, good lord, they're giants now. They're grown. They're grown humans. So they're good kids. Good job. Kids grow up. All right. Do grow up. Thank God. (laughs) We'll say goodbye in just a minute, but uh, let me thank uh, a few people here. Uh, This show has been sponsored in part by the city of Concord. Uh, Historic downtown Concord is experiencing a boom. You know, uh, the Hop Grenade Tap Room is part of that. Uh, If you're looking to open a brewery or any other kind of uh, business, uh, please give Brian Nunnally a call at 925-671-3018-925-671-3018. Also, we were talking about uh, water chemistry just a little bit earlier. Well, iDip can help you out with that. Their smart brew water testing kit incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. It's for home or commercial use because uh, it takes great water to make great beer. You can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfates, and more, and only four milliliters of water is needed for each test. That's right. Brewing Network special podcast listeners enter code TBN10 at checkout and you're going to get uh, 10 bucks off either the standard or advanced Smart Brew testing kit. Go to smartbrewkit.com and check it out. And then, of course, Sully, we've got to give a shout-out to Adam and Eve, always giving a discount to our listeners. Why am I being included in that? I always include one guest and you seemed like the safe one. 
<laughs> I am so happy to be the unsafe one. I love being forbidding. That's my safe word. If you go to adamneve.com and use coupon code BNARMY, you're going to get 50% off almost any item uh, by using the coupon code BNARMY. Wait, slow down again. Say it again. What, what was the coupon code? Uh, B-N-A-R-M-Y. Uh, but not just that. Check it out. Back by popular demand and for a limited time only, the free Big O kit, Sully. Oh, yeah. as in O'Sullivan. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> the big O'Sullivan. No one guess. puts the big O. <laughs> well, I did pick the right guest. Yeah, what, uh, what is that again? That's well, the, it's the big that? O kit. And I, it, I'm just asking for a friend. Uh, well, tell your friend it includes their exclusive Climax gel, uh, a okay. mini vibrator also. Keep going. Um, and Oh, <laughs> and the whole thing will get sent to you for free. That's right. Coupon code BNR. Say free again, please, but the slower in a slower. German accent. Here we go. Fifty <laughs> percent off. Big O'Sullivan kit. Oh, Climax gel. Wow. Mini vibrator. Uh, plus free shipping. B N A R M Y. That's it. Thank you, sir, at adamandeve.com. Can you give me a napkin right now? I need to clean up. <laughs> uh, it's right. wonderful. And I, if you like your big O in the can, go over to 20, <laughs> 21st. Right <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. O'Sullivan, thank you for being back on the show. I'm always happy to see you. Yeah, it's uh, always great. Dick Cantwell, now that you're local, man, yeah, uh, yeah, we, come on over. we got to see more back. of you. You're not going to be able to get rid of that guy. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, a, I'm like the plague. Uh, I'm a fungus. <laughs> uh, we'd love to have you back on the program. It's just been good to talk to you thank and you. find out about Magnolia. Uh, don't forget, you can go to magnoliabrewing.com and learn more about it and their new, uh, their new spot in the dog patch. Uh, get there before the new stadium opens because then you can't even get Get into the two and A anymore. There's a line out the door. <laughs> Sully got famous. The Giants opened. Yeah. Go to twenty first amendmentcom You can find out all about the beers over there uh, and learn about Eclectic IPA Month, of course, which you can find uh, beers at both breweries. Total of twelve beers. Twelve for the whole month. Six from each brewery. Exactly. Yep. Uh, do you do the passport thing yes. still? What do you get when you complete that? A glass. Okay. It's the world's most expensive glass you'll ever purchase. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't, we didn't even talk about our urban foraging in Chinatown thing. Oh, yeah. that's what you did all yeah. day, right? We were in Chinatown today. Without, obviously we're short on time. Give me the, uh, what's a highlight, like uh, an ingredient Go highlight. We walked down Stockton yeah. and we went to market after market. And we started out mm, a little dubiously in some of the dried fish places. Okay. Decided not to go with dried scallops or sea cucumbers. <laughs> uh, we've gradually picked up a little bit of steam with some uh, black sesame powder, which we may or may not use. Okay. And then we started hitting pay dirt in some of the ginseng and herb and tea stores. We bought a beautiful bag of Siberian rose okay. that we're going to use, some chrysanthemum. Interesting. We decided to go the herbal route. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what else did we get? Oh, and I, I made friends with a, a woman in, in the last place we went. That's where we got the Siberian Rose. And she also said, well, if you're doing this, you really ought to see these black goji berries. Okay. And she showed me a video on her phone of black goji berries making tea purple. Dick got suckered into this. I did, I did. I spent $12, and then the next thing I knew, I had bought $75 worth of Siberian rose. And then I got Sean to pay for the uh, black goji berries. Nice. Uh, I forget what else we got, but we got all sorts of stuff. We ended up in Mr. Bing's. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Everyone's on uh, Columbus, and then we went up uh, streets of Vesuvio's. Very nice. We didn't get any ingredients there, but we drank beer. But you drank beer. Yeah. Did you find any ingredients that you're actually not familiar with? Oh, yeah. You, okay, you did. Siberian yeah. Rose? Okay. I didn't know anything about that. Okay. And those black goji berries? Who knew? Okay, got you it. You know, I mean, we've all been making goji berries. <laughs> it's the next big thing. Diapers, but, you know. <laughs> right, obviously. Black Hazy goji goat, Yeah. That's exciting. Well, that's cool. I like that you guys still get out there to find fresh ingredients and, a lot of fun, and new ways to do this. It was the last time you walked around Chinatown in San Francisco. Foraging. Right. Are you guys going to sign up for my retirement home, you think, eventually, when I open that? Is that your thing? 100%. I thought so. See, I knew it. In Chechnya? I knew it. It won't be. <laughs> Actually, in Chechnya, you can do whatever you want. It might be in Chechnya. <laughs> Not for long. Let's do it in Chiapas. Yeah. Oh. It's nicer there. See, you know better than I do. Yeah, that's a good coffee there, That's too. a good idea. All right, we're going to talk about this business idea, Dick. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We are off next week. What? Um, because that's what we do. You know? We're going to rest. From time to time. We have to rest, especially after a show like this. Oh my god! This is jam packed. Actually, it's a lot of experience here. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks for listening, everybody. JP, you got to take us out of here. Sure. All right, thanks. What else am I going to do? We'll see you all next time. Listen to the soft, soothing closing voice of Mr. Jason Petros. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Sean O'Sullivan of the famous 21st Amendment Brewery and Dick Cantwell from the equally famous Magnolia Brewing Company came on to talk about their upcoming eclectic IPA month. Go to 21st-amendment.com and magnoliabrewing.com, respectively. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcast. Go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bevo, and Taryn talk about all things Disneyland. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info. And follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew, Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee. Warren is stuck over at Another Beardy. JP knows Twitter is dead, so he's on Instagram at Major Jip. And you can find Bevo there as well at Beverly M. Moore. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JP's an asshole. Just in my sky and wind.